Welcome back to the 10 Tabs Open Podcast. This is your host, Alex Howell, and today we had the pleasure of interviewing Corey Childs, who is the Artistic Director of the Arts Asylum in downtown Kansas City. And uh, according to their website, the Arts Asylum was created to provide a space and assistance or provide space and assistance to artists of all varieties and is primarily accomplished through offering of space to both create and share at affordable rates and they have an absolutely amazing message they have um, several spaces that are booked at this point um, but they are devoted to artists uh, of a different variety they have everybody who creates action figures to sewn work and all kinds of things and that is the original reason that I reached out to Corey and just to kind of tell you a little bit of uh, a background Story. We had actually had an entire podcast um, recorded several weeks ago. Probably, actually, it was probably closer to, to a month ago. And an amazing conversation. We had a great time. And unfortunately, that file got ridiculously corrupted and I had to have him back. But we were both so happy that that happened because we realized in the meantime that we knew many of the same people through theater and he actually and I'm going to post this um, when I post this episode but he actually reviewed me in high school he was a year older than me in high school and he went to um, a different high school than I did I went to Ray Peck in uh, in the Kansas City area but um, he actually reviewed me as a cappy um, in a play that I was in, I, I played uh, Sky Masterson and Guys and Dolls. And he actually, I just happened to have, the, and this is the weirdest, you know, zero degrees of separation ever. I just happened to have the review in the desk that I was working on that was handed to me by my parents when we moved into the house that we're in now. His review of the play that I was in. And there's probably like 15 people that reviewed it. So... Again, this is one of those things where the medium of podcasting just showed me how great this is that you're able to reach out to an organization for one reason, and then you discover somebody that you could have been friends with for the last decade and a half. So he, uh, he, we had some, we had a great conversation. Um, we have been having a, a lot of conversation outside of the realm of this podcast, and then we had a lot of subjects that were brought up. We talked about the Arts Asylum. We talked about what it took um, for them to start building it, but we also talked just about a lot of random subjects and so I hope it comes across as something that you all enjoy that you're able to see that you know for all all the planning that can go into a podcast sometimes you're just hit with the fact that you meet somebody that you should have absolutely been friends with for a long time and you get to have conversations with those individuals that maybe in any other medium you wouldn't have ever been able to to enjoy that conversation or maybe even been able to have that conversation so Corey Man, thank you so much for coming on. To anybody who's listening, uh, go to the uh, it's uh, theartsasylum.org. Check out their page. They do some amazing things. And if you really want to have somebody that you can have a good conversation with, just send a message to Corey Childs, uh, K-O-R-E-Y, Childs, C-H-I-L-D-S. He's a great person and a great interview, and I hope you guys enjoy. Thanks again. And I told you that like I we had the same experience with our podcast too. We recorded a whole one, and then literally it was like file corrupt, and I was like, I hated it. It pissed me off so much. It's like. I cannot believe that that just happened. Well, and the thing that was the most frustrating about it was I uh, 
the podcast before the the other Corey, mm-hmm. um, the Corey without the E. Mm-hmm. He came on, and again, like another, he's a I knew him, so another really good friend of mine. Great conversation. We're talking about a completely different subject, and um, I like waited until the next day. And I was like, all right, I'm going to record the intro. I'm going to, you know, put everything in. I'm going to edit it all. And uh, I shouldn't say edit. That's not the right word. Um, But just kind of like compile everything together and put it in and download it. And um, I couldn't find an hour and a half worth of the three-hour conversation that we had. And so I just looked and looked and um, could not figure it out. I sent him a message. I was like, I'm sorry about that. Um, The meat of the conversation (laughs) that we had was actually in the second phase. So it worked out. Um, it was a lot of just us kind of bullshitting back and forth right. <laughs> to begin. Yeah. But, uh, so I got it all done and got it ready. And then you came on and I was like, okay, I've got it figured out. I've gotten rid of a ton of stuff, put everything in the cloud. So now everything that I have to put into my computer, this will work out. Right. And I literally, you left after great, like what, two hour conversation. Mm-hmm. You left. I went right back down. I hit a button and it was like, would you like to restart? No, you need to restart. No, I don't. And I kept working with it. And it was like, it just kept doing it. I'm like, this is going to, I know, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. I had to restart. There was no way around it because it just was doing one of those things. You'd hit cancel. It'd come right back up. Right. And so I (laughs) hit it. It restarted and was like, we can't find any of your files. Of course you can't. I knew that would happen. So I, I sent it out. Um, I didn't send out like the non-file because that wouldn't have helped anybody. But um, I had somebody like, what is, I don't know what it is, like screen mirroring, where they just uh-huh. like hack into your computer. Yeah, totally. And um, so they come in, and they're like, well, we found this one, and it was my mic. So it was like, so what do you think? <laughs> and that was it. It's like, is there any way to raise that? And they're like, well, you guys, like, we weren't talking over each other, but it was like, yes, 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 yes. and then go in. It's like, and it's just going to be grainy. And I was like, well, I try it and we'll i got it back it. and yeah, yeah you sounded like you were like an am radio like <laughs> yeah okay uh, yeah i won't do that today fantastic <laughs> <laughs> well i can see now like the crazy line is my dumb ass talking and then the other one's you because i haven't given you five seconds to talk and you're but the I guest love that. <laughs> i talk a lot trust me yeah well you guys you have your that. own po- you just uh, look like you recorded one today yeah we record on mondays okay um, and then it goes up on Thursdays. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So definitely. It, and that's just sort of gives us like days to be able to go back and look at yep. what we did and make sure um, marketing wise that there's not something else I should be promoting. Gotcha. Gotcha. Today. Yep. But we have to submit it to the radio by one o'clock on every Thursday. Oh, and it's on the radio. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's we, awesome. Yeah. It's, it's very small. It's from the mutual music foundation mm-hmm. um, downtown They're on 18th and vine, but okay. um but they are technically our radio host, and then we put it up on iTunes. Because if I'm going to record it every week, yeah. everyone should be able to hear it. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it is shitty quality. <laughs> but it is so fun. Like, yeah. I get to have amazing conversations every single week. And who, like, what's your main thrust? What's the main focus of, the, of your podcast? To get to know people in the community that maybe perhaps you have, like, heard of. Mm-hmm. I'll just say me, Corey Childs, yeah. but you have no idea about me. I am not an, an approachable person because of X, Y, or Z, or yep. you really, you may only know me as Corey as the arts asylum, but you have no idea any of the other characteristics that follow around me. Gotcha. And so we had a, her name is Katie Gilcrest, um, and she sort of is the reason why we began that. Mm-hmm. 
is because people kept coming up to us and telling us, oh my God, I love Katie, but I just never, I can't meet her. I don't, I don't know how to talk to her. I don't know anything about her. Gotcha. And so we were like, well, what if we have Katie on the show and just interview her? And it was supposed to be a one-time thing <laughs> just for this human is almost like a, a special thing for them, just yeah. kind of a nod. And then the radio station and these people were like, well, you should do that with someone else. And so then eventually we were like, well, we better name this and give it an idea and what makes it weird. So yeah, so we bring people into our recording studio and put them on a couch and talk to them for an hour. Nice. Every week. And so is it the setup that I see in the pictures? Is it just three of you guys on the couch? Because uh, that to me would be like, okay, so what do you think? I'm going to turn this way and then, oh yeah, you. Uh, that's the photo okay. at the end. She, the, the guest sits on the other side and my co-host and I sit on the couch and, gotcha. and talk. And then we bring them over to sit in between us so we can get that dorky photo that now we have like hundreds of when we were in st louis um and at the beginning of april uh someone came up to us and was like can we stand between you guys and will you take that photo and i felt i felt so like (laughs) dorky dorky famous yeah yeah because it was someone i had no idea i went and we had like zero mutual friends so i'm like how the hell (laughs) did you even see this that's awesome yeah yeah. It's fun. It's like when you look at your downloads and it's like, who from Denmark is downloading yeah, this? Because you can follow those. Like, oh, yeah. It's crazy. I don't know who, if you guys, um, what system you guys use, but I use Podbean on mine. Yeah, we're Podomatic. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sure same thing, but it's got like, I always crack up because I release a new episode. And it's like, all right, who's watching? And it's like, okay, so it's California. So I'm pretty sure it's this person. Missouri, obviously. Kansas, obviously. Mm-hmm. That'll be like Maine. Okay, I don't know. How any, did we get to I didn't, Maine? I didn't realize anybody was still living in Maine. Right. Maine, Maine has two senators, I'm sure at least a representative or two. And I've, I've never, never been met anybody from there. Have you ever been to Maine? Huh? Nope. No, nope. me either. The, the only thing I've even read about Maine is a book that I read. Uh, it was the, um, the Rise of Theodore Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. And he goes to Maine. Like, is, that a, is that a one-line sentence? It and might then, as well be. He went to Maine. Yeah, he went to Maine, and it's almost like, because later in life, he takes these guys to North Dakota or South Dakota, mm-hmm. and you're like, Jesus Christ, you meet these guys in Maine, and you're like, you know what you got to see? Over a, here. A Dakota. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what everybody west. needs to see. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, my grandmother always had a theory, like, you never meet anybody from Idaho. Right. Yeah. I don't know anyone from Idaho. No. Napoleon Dynamite took place in Idaho, and that's probably all you need to know about Idaho. I feel like it's kind of Wayne's world, where they're like, Delaware. Yeah. And now we're in (laughs) Delaware. Delaware. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah. And you always have to say, like, I'm in Delaware. It's the first state. All right. (laughs) right. It's it's the worst line in a play. Like, you're right. Okay. Comedic timing, uh-huh. meet awkward silence. Yeah. Fantastic. But it could be a really good hit, though. Oh, yeah. That. I'm yeah. sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you've got the podcast, and is it sent, like, is the podcast because of the Arts Asylum, or is the Arts Asylum because of the podcast? Um, the podcast is a result of the Arts Asylum. Okay. Yeah. So uh, whenever uh, I had sort of said before, like, the, you know, the Arts Asylum, we, we founded it mm-hmm. in. Um, well, we actually purchased the building in December of 2009 and then from Tech 9. And uh, he's a really... Which building was it? It, it is, It's an old Baptist church located at 9th and Harrison. 9th and Harrison. Okay. Gotcha. Like, it's downtown. Yeah. But it's just east of downtown and it's amazing. It's 35,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and in December... Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> so in December of 2009, uh, me and a couple of friends 
uh, purchased that building and then decided, what the hell are we going to do with 35,000 square feet? Mm -hmm. And originally, um, my business partner, Courtney, and her husband, Alex, uh, they had founded a theater company prior called EGADS Theater Company, which is a secondary level of Eubank. Mm -hmm. Eubank Productions, I believe. Gotcha. It's, it's what it was. And they sort of professionalized it. Um, so anyway, they sort of had done those things, and we were all young and dumb. I mean, you yeah. know. Well, it's oh, I didn't realize that you guys went back to 09. Yeah. Wow. We, uh, so that's when we purchased the building, and then we opened the nonprofit of June of 12. Okay. And those years in between was literally us building and renovating that entire building. Like, my blood, sweat, and tears are in there, and everyone I know in my immediate groups. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. We pulled the permits that we needed to pull to make it legal, and then we did it. Man. Yeah. That's got to bring you through a lot of tough, like, a lot of tough times when you're sitting there and you're mad at the other person. You kind of look over and you're like, yeah, but we got through that. We did. Yeah. yeah I definitely have a, a bond with my what we like to call the midnight society which is the original <laughs> six people that were there mm -hmm. that evening and i'm they can do no wrong yeah you know, they they all dreamed with us and made it a reality and now we are a completely functioning organization with a calendar that is rented through 2021 now that's like awesome. the last time that we talked it was only through 2020 and now we are here like a month later through mm -hmm. 2021 wow yeah it's it's so cool. That's fantastic. You'll have to come down. I want to give you a tour. No, and I I've been thinking about it. The when I was trying to figure out the file, I was like, I want to go down to see this place because I'm closer now because we were in Fairway. Right. I was like, but I really hope he's not pissed because that's always the fear. It's like you know you're working hard at something, you're doing all these things. You never want to bring somebody down and have to be like, well, we had a I love you. I'm so happy we met. Uh, uh we the file's kind of fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> but that's magic. You know, yeah. I mean, from that, we have learned a lot about each other. Yeah. Because I don't know if we would have plopped back into each other's laps yet. No, no. I mean, just from being friends on, on Facebook, I mean, we've talked about this a little earlier, but just the amount of people that we knew, like the places that we probably either met or passed right yeah. by each other. Well, we definitely came up with our <laughs> five degrees of separation within a few minutes today. Yeah, I'm framing that review. Yeah. Like that's going up on the wall. Uh, not that the walls here look nice yet, but once they're once they're nice, that'll go up on the yeah, wall. Yeah, it's definitely like, a different setup than the last time. Oh, yeah. Last yeah. time was a kitchen table. Yeah, the kitchen table in Fairway. Yeah. I know. Whenever yeah. you come and be on our podcast, you will feel just as um, <laughs> professional. Yep. I'll put it that way. I like it. Yeah. No, that's fantastic. I, I think that's a way that two people can communicate almost better. There's a little bit of times that like the sterile things around you make it not so comfortable. And yeah. in our space, we want you. And that's sort of why our podcast is called Couch Chats with Corey and Courtney is when you're on the couch, you tend to be more conversational Yeah. from time to time. And we just kind of saw that mm -hmm. that way. Well, and it's it's interesting to see the different environments that, you know, because podcasting has become so prevalent. It's like there are, a, you know, 100,000 podcasts, or whatever there are just in the United States. And some of them like just peter out immediately. And some people actually are committed to it and really want to keep it going. And, you know, it, it's interesting to see the different environments because some people do have that like almost boardroom mentality. Like yeah. we're going to interview somebody and we're going to sit here like an old fashioned radio show. And that's what it's going to be. Like, no, that's not what this medium's for. And I wonder, uh, I've been talking about the sort of uprise of podcasts over the last mm -hmm. few years, and I'm not sure if it doesn't directly correlate with uh, social media, because yep. in some ways we all do feel like we are now our own tiny brands. Yeah. Like, I, everything I do is now said under the name and the face and whatever of mm -hmm. Corey Childs, and so whenever you do that, 
why I have to believe that people might want to hear what I have to say. Yeah. If you're going to follow me and like me, you know, mm -hmm. like there's sort of a, a strange feeling of saying, well, do I need to talk to my public more? But yeah. I'm not that important. Right. But it feels like someone wants to hear from me so yeah well and i think people like the the fact that the entire process if you that's why i made sure i said i don't like i don't edit anything at this point um but it, i think that is something that people really miss it's like you're having you're listening to a conversation between two people that are passionate about what they do they have different opinions and that really is the positive side of social media mm -hmm. like the most positive side of social media is that you get to see all of these different opinions play out the negative side of social media is kind of what you've really seen we'll say since 2015 sure. just because the election was such a barn burner of an event it, like if you it changed if you, the the tide it totally did yeah. and you know what you said i think before we went on the podcast about the pendulum swinging it's like you right. had you know social media is the most positive thing and the internet is the most positive thing we've ever seen and then the pendulum swing swung to this is the most toxic place you can possibly find yourself you could go to chernobyl Right. And not feel as disgusting as you do right now. And that is really difficult for someone like me who is often tries to find the positive yeah. in every single situation. And so there's a lot of muck that you sort of have to get through, especially on social media yeah. or on the news or whatever. It, everywhere you turn, you're kind of just like, can you can you tell me something good about life? But yeah. but I'm not sure if we're supposed to hear that. It's it's a whole debate that I have with myself because mm -hmm. we aren't sunshine and puppy dogs. Yeah. Anymore. No. As a whole. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody. I, it's a positive thing because people used to project this like, perf, like this the Instagram life. mentality. Yeah. Like the total Instagram mentality. My life is perfect and everything around it is perfect. And that's why I'm sharing this with you because it's perfect and you should be like me. Right. All of those people have issues. All of them. Yeah. Every single one of the people that shows you only positive things have issues. And in this medium... You get to hear people's opinions because you can lie about something for about 10 minutes. But when you get on for 30 minutes, an hour, two hours, some of the, mm -hmm. I think one of my podcasts was three hours long. That's amazing. Yeah. It's like when you're going three hours, something's going to come up and you're, you're going to say human. your truth. Yeah. And that's, and I think people want that. It's like they want to hear, like, eat. I don't want to say they want to hear somebody that comes on the podcast and is like, you know what? I really hate mm -hmm. this person. That person. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that person we were talking about. We have no, we have already yeah. discussed a mutual friend Ex of ours. <laughs> that maybe neither oh. of ours is a mutual friend. Uh, yeah, I would not describe it as a mutual friend. I would say a mutual individual that we know of and have not positive feelings towards. Mm -hmm. But when you like, you know, it's the only reason I'm pro-choice. How about? <laughs> <laughs> I think someone made the wrong choice. <laughs> like, do we? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Ah, come on. Come on. <laughs> That's the one you saved. Yeah. Okay. Really? Cock. All right. Well, uh -huh. I guess I'm about to switch it now. I know. Yeah. But no, I mean, when somebody comes on and they say something that you're just like, mm, what'd that mean? Mm -hmm. And, in politics, it's always been that way. There's always been something negative. You always have to find something negative. But now it's like everything is negative. Everything is negative. Yeah. And when you get on the podcast, you either one, you see that people aren't, aren't bad. It's just like traveling. Like when you travel, you see, like, if you go to Mexico and you're somebody that just hates Mexicans and that's your yeah, opinion. You're going to hate everything you see. Yeah. If, but right. if you go to Mexico and hang out there for a couple of weeks, you're going to see they're just like everybody else. They are. Yeah. And if you go to Italy... Or you go to Greece, or you go to Japan, or you go to China. Like, you might hate the government, so say that. But don't say hate the people. Yeah. Yeah. Change it. Yeah. If you don't like your, you know, 
I, I think it's a quote from Aida, the musical. You mm-hmm. know, if you don't like your fate, change it. Yeah. You are your own master. There are no shackles on you. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just saying, okay. Yeah. You don't like their government, but you hate all of their people yeah. because really? of that? Yeah. Really? Really? That, you Get think everybody them. feels that way? Yeah. Because everybody feels the same way in this country. It well, seems like <laughs> Exactly. It. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> no. And that's no. one of the curses and good parts about being an American citizen is that we are allowed to yeah. say whatever we want without censorship. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's one of the reasons I really like being in Missouri. And there are a lot of states like this, but I really like Missouri. I, I'm very proud of this state. I love the state. Because even like you hop over to Kansas, and I know there are, you know, we'll just call them like progressive areas. But for the most part, it's right here. It's right. right on the Kansas City area. And then you might have like a little piece in Topeka, a little piece in Wichita, a little piece in Dodge City, like where, the, where there's epicenters. But for the most part, if you're really looking at the state, it's one spot. Right. Whereas Missouri, it's like take I-70. And you've got Kansas City, Columbia, St. Louis. <laughs> uh-huh. Take a little bit further south. Jeff City's a little bit like that. Springfield's a little bit more open. Like there's, there are big blue dots and a in lot a of red. red state. Yeah, right. and you've got to. I mean, that's something that you can be proud of is to say like, yeah, we're all fucking different, and that's okay. I like difference. Yeah, it would be very boring if it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, like one, those positive opinions that you feel about yourself can be tempered by somebody that comes in with another argument. You go, hmm. That's that's a good argument. And then you can also temper somebody else's. And if you are able to have that conversation, it's positive. Right. Podcasting, I think, allows for that to happen. I have not seen that happen on Twitter yet. No. <laughs> and I can't, I can't stay on Twitter. Every no. time I get on there, I just am like, why am I doing this yeah, to myself? I feel gross. But then like, I'm like, is that what I'm supposed to do? Is be like, Then I kind of feel I want to make sure I don't become like the 90-year-old who doesn't know how to use an iPhone. Right. So then I'm like, do I need to be on Twitter and know about it so then I can yeah. communicate about it? Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to be behind the learning curve that I can't catch up. Yeah. Um, I talked about that a lot with my dad who just recently retired and I'm like, there are certain things that you don't know anything about because your technology, uh, start like when you stopped growing in technology and now where you're picking it back up, the things that have come in between have already gone away. Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. poof. Yeah. And now it's so far advanced. Yeah. It's like, okay, enjoy that learn learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can make my phone go onto a TV with no cord. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. come a long way from Oregon Trail. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Through dysentery. Right. Mm. <laughs> Always hated that one. Mm-hmm. You have a broken arm. You're, You're dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got 44 oxen. Exactly. You know, what am I supposed I to do? I thought I was doing good here. Yeah. Nah, they're dead too. You forgot medicine too. <laughs> right. And that, yeah, so it's always so fun. And what's kind of luxurious about it is, is that we used to have to like – go on to a new show or something. There was only like five or six outlets Mm -hmm. to communicate. And now we are able to produce our own work and get our opinions and our views and our own listeners without having to go through a producer or a censor. You know, it's just, I feel more alive because of these outlets. And at at some point I never would have thought that anyone would give a shit about listening to you and I talk. Right. But now we know, People, people do. Well, that's the voyeur, I think, in people. Now yeah. now that we're so evil in, in, <laughs> on social media, yeah. now we're kind of like, well, let's get to know you, Alex, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So it's fun. Yeah. Well, and I think even when you have people on that you, you know, disagree with, it's a positive thing. Those because, are the best chats sometimes. Yeah, because you can say, yeah, we disagree with each other, but hey, 
let's talk. And even if at the end of the day, we still disagree completely. What a wonderful thing to be able to have a long form conversation and show that you can reach out to somebody. They can come on your podcast. You can talk. You can leave. Shake hands. Everything's fine. Yeah. Like, we don't see that in the world. I, I'm it's it's wonderful and terrifying at the same time because I just like our generation has seen it go from MS DOS and Oregon Trail to what it is now. Like right. that I think is where the biggest advantage is for us is we're kind of that last generation that, that you know, we, we saw sides. the black and green screen. Yeah. And now we're our, you know, like you said, we're able to take something from our phone and Oof. flick it onto the TV. And I think that's gonna be a really interesting In more thing. than one room. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah that's been <laughs> Like, so I think I brought this up on the last podcast, but um, the we used to have we have internet at the lake now because of satellite internet, which is wonderful if you're at the lake and you have no other fucking option. Right. But we had to go from Google Fiber to satellite internet at our other house because we were on county land so and they it's hadn't like glacial run glacial pace. Oh my god! <laughs> my wife couldn't even like she would love to work from home every once in a while because it's like she'll shut the doors of the office and just gets into work. She doesn't have to commute, anything like that. Mm -hmm. A lot of times she has to go into the office, but it's great when she can't. She couldn't because her files have to be brought up from like California. Right. She couldn't do it. Like it was just physically impossible. So for two years, it was just, you know, 35 minute one way, 35 minute back with no ability to really work anywhere else. That's crazy. Oh, it sucked. And then we come here and it was like, well, you know, you were paying 30 for Google Fiber um, where you used to be. Uh, but for AT&T, because Google Fiber hasn't been run out here, it's uh, it's 90. And we're like, it's the easiest $90. I'm yeah, gonna take it spend. off. Yeah. 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 Do you want Do you, 200 Exactly. <laughs> we would have spent it. It's like, right. you have gigabit? Yeah. Okay. Firstborn. I love him. I but love him. We'll Bye. lease him out. See ya. Yeah. Yeah. It was that kind of thing. But it's amazing because I, even that two years that I wasn't able to like really mess around with stuff like I used to. I missed out on a lot, mm-hmm. like just from what you used to be able to do. Like I'd have to go what to other people. What do you think like, sort of like that biggest jump was for you? The biggest jump for me was the, the technology that you can now put into homes that all centers around your internet connection. Yeah. But everything from like motion detecting to lights to, you know, turning on TVs and appliances. Well, you can and see else. people at your doorbell now. Yeah. Like just people who walk up to your door. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I had, we have family that had a ring and everything like that. The builder put the ring thing on this one. And I just like sat there looking at it like, one, awesome. I have internet. I can yeah. actually see something that's real time outside. Yeah. But two, it's like, I can program the ring to go into this hub, which if it shows motion, it'll turn on that light. And it was like. Mind blowing. Yeah. Well, and I used to do that stuff all the time. And you could do time. that from Paris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's the other thing is that yeah. you don't even have to be within like. Yeah. A circle of your home. You yeah. can do it anywhere in the world. Can you imagine the founding fathers if you were like, hey, watch this. Yeah. And you had like a hot tub outside and you pushed a button on your phone and it just started. Well, I think that Heart they attack. would think that was, yeah, witchcraft. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Which is potentially what maybe witchcraft was mm-hmm. back then. You know. <laughs> yeah, like real things happening. Yeah. Real things happening. <laughs> Reality. <a> witch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what did God. they say? I was reading some articles, so this could be fake news, <laughs> and I know that's topical. But it was like um, that the Salem witch trials or whatever mm-hmm. came from an herb potentially that they were cooking with that would make people have like manic freakouts, but they oh, didn't know. They had no idea. They had no idea. It was like some oh, strand. Jesus. I mean, you know, who knows? It could have been like a strand of marijuana or something, you know, crazy. Yeah. But the, watching people like dance and take off their clothes, mm-hmm. essentially they were like, was it a drug reaction or a poison that was taking place that then these people were doing that? And that's why they pointed them out. 
Oh, and man. I was like, probably valid. Yeah. There's no <laughs> way to go back and test that. And yeah. what a fun explanation to explain maybe the Salem witch trials, yeah. if you will. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting to me too, because like, uh, you know, when you get to that point, you've got the big religious fervor in the area. So like everything's about religion. Mm -hmm. And this is at a time, you know, where we had like just discovered that, you know, we didn't, the sun didn't revolve around us. We revolved around the sun. It's like, so we're learning all these things and we called things that we didn't understand witchcraft. Yes. And even now people are still guilty of it. I mean, I'm sure I'm guilty of it hundred percent. I mean, like with climate change and everything else, it's like, you've got scientific, you know, paper after peer reviewed paper that says it's happening. And people will still look at you and say like, Oh, I don't believe it. Aren't those called like flat earthers or something? Well, <laughs> climate change deniers yeah. on that side, but flat earthers yeah. are pretty much the same. It's like, no, at, at some point, And I always use the analogy of like, at some point you can't be a smoker that thinks that putting smoke into your lungs is a positive thing. Yes. And it's the same thing here. And you don't even have to say like, I guess my thing is like, Maybe you don't it's ever not as global as you, or is that what you're saying? Or I, I think my opinion is like, I don't think you need to approach the argument with somebody as we're on two opposite sides. It's we're both on the same side because every time I, if I f see somebody that's like a climate change denier says like, you know, Nope, everything's fine. Global warming isn't happening. Blah, 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 blah. Then my argument just shifts and it's like, mm -hmm. okay, let's say we're just never going to agree on that. But we're still using oil. Do you like the fact that we're dependent on... And even though we're a net exporter at this point, but do sure. you like the fact that we still import a lot of oil? No, we should do use our own. Okay, good point. Good cool, point. Cool. So if we do that... How that, are we going to do that? So at that point, that means that your economics are, we need to make sure that we take care of ourselves first for our energy production. Yes. Okay. Cool. Solar panels are the best way to do that. I put them on my house, and if I have a, you know, not a net meter, because those things are not as good, like the 1-800 numbers that you call for right. solar, not as, not as good. But if you, like, research it and you do it, you could have everything else in Kansas City down. But if you've got your solar system working, you're protected. I so don't know why people don't think about that, though. I don't know either. Why don't they want to? I don't know. I mean, to me, that, that plays into nationalism more than it plays into anything else. That's like, a scary word these days. I know. But a topical word. It's crazy. Yeah. 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 But if you are that person that's like, America first, it's like, then you should love solar. Yes. Because that's like, you're getting rid of all the need for oil anywhere. But it's been so associated with climate change that people don't like it. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's, let's counterbalance I'm this so argument. Glad, and what's so fun, you know, sort of circling back to a conversation we were having earlier, mm -hmm. the, when these sort of conversations... I hate him too. Who? <laughs> it's the guy we were talking about. Oh, God. I hate <laughs> that dude. No, I hate that dude. Is that these sort of conversations that take place on online in mm -hmm. any sort of form, not just on social media, but in any sort of way, a lot uh the thing that we don't get to to do is sort of do what you just did. Okay, so you like this. Now let's let's mm -hmm. go down the line and figure that out because on any sort of social media or forum, the person is already pissed. Yeah. So there's this magic that also happens when just two people can sit in a room and have a conversation. Right. I am, I'm assuming you and I align on a lot of things, mm -hmm. but I also have to assume that there's things that we differ on because yeah. we're not the same human. Mm -hmm. And in any, you know, I'm going to be on the podcast a million times. So exactly. Welcome listeners. But, um, <laughs> but through that, you sort of get to find, you know, figure those things out by making those sort of personal connections. Mm -hmm. But if you do like the social media debates, you're just, you're number 477 in a forum. And why the hell would you want to hear my opinion? You yeah. don't, you don't care what I think about solar panels. You just 
Want, I have wait. my opinion. I want some. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then I, you get no the pe- opinions ever been changed on social media. No. So why do we keep putting it on there? Well, exactly. And you, and the things that ruin arguments, like if you were to sit here and we were having a conversation on something we disagreed with, whatever it might be. I hope that we find that sometime. Yeah. You know, we can talk it out. Yeah. And you have that conversation, you disagree with somebody. If you're in a room with somebody, and this is the same thing, like you'd probably deal with this in your world. I, I'm not sure how, but I'm 100% sure you do because I think everybody does. Right. Anybody that has to sell themselves in some way, shape, or form always runs into this. But as a, like, I work in real estate. Right. So like, I find it all the time that if I'm texting with somebody or emailing with somebody, and I always have my, I, I always try to like use like smiley faces and like everything because I try to not come across very like straightforward but every once in a while I'll be in a rush and I'll send out an email and it'll sound just really you know confrontational right like no that's not what it is and somebody will just read that and go what well, he's the an fu-? asshole yeah exactly yeah. but if I get him on the phone and all but I've had it on my side more than I think me doing it to other people I'll get somebody that will send me a long text or a long email. And it's like, this is bullshit. You're unprofessional. I'm going to report you. I'm going to get a lawyer. I'm going to do all of that. And we're dealing with, you know, transactions that are hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars. Right. So I understand, like, that your your nerves get, you know, you, you get a little irrational and, and you're freaking out. And I understand that that happens. And deadlines suck. Yep, you know. exactly. <laughs> deadlines are awful. And yeah. in real estate, it's like everybody hates each other by the end of the transaction. no one meets any of those deadlines. Right. Yeah, well, and realtors are like you know the easiest thing to go after too because it's like oh did you did you take a weekend course to become a, a real estate agent was it was it fun? Mm-hmm. It's like and you do deal with a lot of people like that in the industry. Those are called assholes. Oh, exactly. Right. But so you go through that. But I the number of times that I've gotten those emails and then I'll immediately call the person like hey what was that all about? Well, all I was saying was that you know it was you just know, a, I just would have loved to have a check in email. Yeah, exactly. Like right. Okay, then let's resolve it. Don't bring my like family into this what's your problem i bet you all are stupid assholes exactly. way back the, yeah and you're like no yeah yeah and but that's what people get so used to online it's the ultimate you know it, it's the the internet tough guy yeah you know which might as well be a mascot at this point for the entire internet and it's like the guy who just calls you you know the f word constantly or right. the, you know like you're this and you know i hear it like just the words that come out of being online are insane I didn't know what a cuck was mm-hmm. until like I was listening to it was Joe Rogan's podcast. He had somebody on. and He was like, you ever get called a cuck? I was like, what the fuck is that? That means your wife has your balls. And she's exactly. Like, yeah. And she's banging somebody else in front right. of you and everything else. And so I looked like it up and I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I looked it up and I was like, the first thing that comes up is like porn. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, what is? Oh, no. That's a terrible thing to call somebody, but online yes. it's just like saying hello. You're such a fucking cuck. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, mm-hmm. neat. We should probably find a better way to handle our issues. Yeah. And it's just insane to me that people just haven't figured it out. But then, you know, why are we so offended by words that don't matter too? Yeah. Like, there's, you know, that's its own probably tangent conversation mm-hmm. in its own way. But I spend a lot of time just being like, okay, like, you're offended by that. Obviously. <laughs> You're making that aware. But why do you care? Yeah. Are you? Are you a racist? You know, in that yeah. way. If you're not, right. then you probably shouldn't mm-hmm. be so defensive yeah. about doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, if you're not someone who lets their wife bang other people, yeah. you probably shouldn't care if some, you right. get called that. Right. It's like, wow. Unless I can this search is... for your porn video. Exactly. Or I can say, oh, actually, I've, I found it, and uh, you, you are. 
<laughs> in fact, you are a cuck. Right? Yeah. 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 That's so, yeah. yeah it's but then, weird. But then it's like, to that, often in my business, I have to have uh, correspondence through email or something because I need paper trails. Yep. So I feel like I, I unbalance myself sometimes by saying, I think I, if I just got you on the phone or if I could have mm-hmm. a face-to-face, it would all would be easier. But that's not what the paper shows. Yeah. So how I, that is something, that's just one of my personal missions that I've been actually working on in the past year. So that's a fun subject that you sort of brought that up is yeah. how can I convey what I mean in written form the same way that I feel like I can just communicate with a person right. in real life. Yeah. So when well, you bring up the paper trail, and that's a very good point because anytime and with what I do and we've, you know, we've just, my wife's an attorney, so I'm probably overly sensitive to it. My business partner is uh, an attorney. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh-huh. So you know. But, yeah, the, the moment I've somebody – I've never said I'm sorry ever, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, I've been told to do that because I'm bad at that anyway. Like, well, really, I would like to make sure that this comes to a positive conclusion for all sides. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the as soon as somebody brings up, I'm going to seek legal counsel, which they never do. Nobody ever does that. But the they second they gonna... do that, we can't talk anymore. No, exactly. It's like, okay, well, then you have to communicate with so-and-so because right. we could have resolved this. And this, I ran into this on a, uh, on a house that we, we flipped, and it was just somebody. It, it was a really unfortunate circumstance. It was the only house I've lost money on, and I lost money on it because we went in with the idea that, like, we're going to do a full-scale renovation. We're going to do everything right. And if everything would have gone right, we would have made a lot of money. If everything would have gone okay, we would have made money. Everything went to absolute shit. Right. And so, like, they're doing their pre-closed walkthrough, and I see, like, they go through and they see, like, water's coming in. So what do I do? I go over there immediately, make sure everything is at least, like, flowing away from the house. Right. Like, just trying to take care of the situation as it is. Had somebody in there the next day, like, not even 10 hours later. They're pulling carpet get the foundation company out there. They do everything they're supposed to do. These people are like, they go over. Everything's exactly like it was, only, you know, there's a pile of dirt here. There's this drain right. here. And uh, they're like, okay, we're good. It's like, All right, awesome. Even have the foundation company say, like, we'll do a one-year warranty on all of our work. Three weeks later. Uh, yeah, I was like, and now the turn. Yeah. yeah. Three weeks later, she calls, or she sent me a message and I had a question, and she was like, they love the house. Everything is perfect. The next morning after that conversation, it's like water's coming in the house. It's like, okay. Okay. And I was like, what do we need to do? And they started sending me, like, not their agent, but the individual started sending me emails. And they were like, we're going to seek legal counsel. And the moment I saw that, I was like, you call this person. Right. I, I can't talk to you anymore. I can't anymore. You literally just ruined yeah. I was everything. Like, we can find something to resolve this issue. Like, I, you know... Not much because I'd say call the foundation company that I paid because I'm just as pissed off at them as you right. probably and are. And they have a year warranty. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So call them. <clears throat> and yeah, so anyway, it it was just one of those like, but again, they didn't because I'm sure they were like, they looked back and it's like the paper trail says everything worked out. Like mm-hmm. I did every single, and I'm still mad that it even happened to them, but it's like I did every single thing possible to make it work. And so. We have I'm, that with producing clients from time to time where yeah. I'm just like, but yeah. you said it's fine and it's all looks good but mm-hmm. you've now literally mentioned that word lawyer and have a good I, day yep i can't i literally cannot communicate mm-hmm. with you anymore yeah and in that particular case we were like kind of friends you oh. know like but not uh, you know yeah. definitely above acquaintances and yeah. i was just like well now i now i we can't even like 
I don't even know if I can talk to you yeah. socially. No, until this out. is over, yeah. we're, we're done. We're strangers yeah. now. Yep. And we don't like each other. <laughs> so this sucks. Yeah. 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 I, but I, but then I'm sure, I'm sure there are those times where you're supposed to seek the mm-hmm. legal help too. And that's the only way that yeah. you got it right. Mm-hmm. God, being a devil's advocate sucks oh, yeah. for me sometimes. Oh, yeah. Because I see both sides of it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there are even times where you can still be best of friends and you're, you still run into situations where you still have to seek an attorney. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a, a lot of times it's like insurance cases where somebody goes over to somebody's house, they have an accident. There's like some major accident. So they have to sue that individual. Right. It's like, well, you're suing them, which means that you're really suing their insurance. But from the outside, it looks horrible. Yeah. I'm suing you right yeah. now. Especially right. when it's family. Like, I'm suing my nephew. Why are you suing your Why? nephew? It's kind of the only way we can resolve this. And I'm not it's, suing him because he's a bad guy. We just hung out yesterday. Right. But it is what it is. But then I also don't like when I take a picture with them or see <laughs> exactly. now social yeah. because I don't want to confuse things either. Right. Like somehow that maybe we're fucking the insurance company together. I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. Like, it's because it's I, a, it's I always, a weird world. I always call it like the workman's comp thing. You know, what was that old when they would go around and record people who were on workman's comp and uh-huh. they're just like, that no, that sucks. Yeah. Well, it's got to be a little interesting for you guys, too, because you're a nonprofit. We are. So you have a lot of rules. The city, the state, and federally yeah. all have specific things that they want from us yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. The biggest, which is something I don't know if your listeners or anyone knows that, just how transparent you have to be as a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. There is no room. You know, Someone can walk in and look at my books right now yep. if they wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, it, and they don't really get to like... They don't really get to see everything, but yeah. they, as, as a donation place, people get to know yeah. where my donations go. And we learned about three or four years ago, uh, when asking for donations, it is bad <laughs> to uh, send a stamped envelope with that because essentially your donation money is paying for stamps that may never be returned. Wow. Yes. So why are you giving away? I donated you $50 and you went and you paid for stamps and none of those envelopes got returned. So therefore you just threw away my $50. Never would have thought that. No. As stupid and simple as that is, but it came down to stamps and that's, we we didn't get like fine, but we got a notice that was just like, no, like you shouldn't do that because your donors may stop donating because that's not where they want the money to go or that a nonprofit can't really donate to another nonprofit, which I think is interesting. So then yeah. there's no, because it's all about that donation money. Yep. Unless you completely separate it somehow in your books and you can show that, but wow. You know, Paul robs Peter all the time. Yep. In nonprofits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's well, a fun I, world. Yeah. I saw, uh, it was a Ted talk and it was a guy who was talking about his former nonprofit and they had Jesus, 200 people that were working at this thing. And he had to go to them like, one day because the government came in and basically said you did this and the people don't like it. So, you know, your donors brought a case against you and you can either get rid of your nonprofit status, which would have ruined them, right. or you can go to court, which would have ruined them. He was like, I, it's a zero sum game. I, we have to shut down. So he was like, I had to tell 200 people they were out of a job one day because we had one case come against us. Yeah. And the case was the most fucked up thing. What was that case? It was an advertising issue. They put like it was a big nonprofit, so they put like ten million. No, it wasn't that big. Three, three to four million into a um, into their like advertising budget. They ran like this big ad campaign, 
And people didn't like it. They were like, well, if I'm giving you money, it doesn't need to go into an ad campaign. Stop purchasing television space. Start going and helping these people. Mm-hmm. It's like that ad campaign got us $14 million. Why do you care? Like you actually made your investment even better right. because of this. But because nonprofits aren't allowed to run as a – it's not, they're not supposed to look like businesses. I that, am owned by a board. And, yeah. Uh, and my donors. Mm-hmm. They all get an opinion. Yep. Yes. Yeah, and if a big donor comes into you and says, hey, you can't, I, I don't like this, it's like, okay. There's a, <laughs> a situation about that happening in Kansas City in one of the theaters right now. Really? There's a big donor that essentially said, we will retract our money if you don't do this thing. And they're having to decide if they're going to do that thing or not. Mm. But I know I don't like being told what to do in my business. No. I can't, uh, yeah, that's why it's my business. Yeah. It's kind of... It's kind of difficult not to kind of be an asshole yeah. to be like, but I did it first. Yeah. Don't you trust me? This is why I have this position is because you have put me in this place mm-hmm. to make the subsequent. Exactly. <laughs> you donated to me because you thought that I was going to be able to do these things. It's just like anything else. Let me do my job. Let me do my job. Yeah. And if you're right. able to let me do my job, maybe I might you'll bring you in right. $14 million. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that just drives me nuts. And especially with nonprofits, it's like, you've got to find a way to take every dollar and make it work 10 times harder than a normal corporation does right. outside of possibly startups. But I'd argue the opposite, but that's what a non-for-profit supposed to do because you're begging for money all, all the, the time. time. Yeah. And so well, I if, can't make a profit. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a not for profit. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, in the name. I mean, yeah, I kind of make that joke, but it's not good. No, if I have yeah. a huge profit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We run into issues. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that means somewhere I'm lying. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and you're not going to, you know, pay your CEO like a bonus because he did a great job. It's not going to work Mm-mm. out well for you. No, you shouldn't do that. No. <laughs> Just now in 2019, I'm starting to somewhat get paid, I think, close to what I might be worth. Oh, nice. You know, <laughs> like it's we're getting like to the place where our company is established enough that we can start to yeah. actually reward essentially the volunteers and people yeah. that we've done. The people that have done it since 2009. Yeah. My... A uh, business partner, literally, this is the first time she's ever received any money is oh, this wow. year. Like, and we've been doing this for 10 years in December. Yeah. So we're really excited. You know, yeah. the Arts Asylum literally is one of the coolest places ever. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Yeah. I'm really excited to see it. Oh, you're going to love it. <laughs> it's going to be so cool. Because yeah. you're going to kind of be like, what? Because the cool thing about the Arts Asylum is it's a 24-hour facility where... Oh, uh, yeah, because everybody has... Yep. Yep. 24-hour facility, everyone has a door or a key card to get into the back and then an individual key that goes to each one of their studios. Mm-hmm. And so our whole mission, or our mission, our business model was what if you put 26 individual artists and a production company in one house together and said, you have to coexist. Yep. Sort of going to what we talked about is you will find similarities and differences amongst each other. But mm-hmm. what, a, what happens if you are in the theater and you're a rental client and you need someone to make your show poster for you? It is possible that the Arts Asylum has that person, and we've connected those two people inside of that 35,000-square-foot building. Yeah. Well, it's a wonderful example, too, because not only are they coexisting, not only are they building the relationships there, but what a perfect example of we coexist and therefore we become better. Yeah. We now know that somebody can do this, and we know that this is, you know, we go to room 13 because... Bob is in there doing X and you know, Jan is in room 12 doing Y. And if we bring all these people together, we're going to have a better result overall, overall, which I think is a metaphor for the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
And let me tell you, opening a nonprofit, uh, you know, or a building at Ninth and Troost is people <laughs> were like, "Are you kidding me?" And we thought that was the exact reason why we needed to yeah. also open something there. Because yeah. whenever we purchased the building, we sort of had an idea that it was going to be this visual and performing arts space. And as an artist, I will always advocate that art can change the world. Yeah. So if you plop it down in a, such a destitute neighborhood, what? might come of that yep and we are starting to i mean it is it is one of the things i'm not humble about i am watching the landscape of my of the neighborhood that my business is in change daily and i have to think that that is part of what we've done because we're the only business mm -hmm. in that neighborhood yeah so yeah. therefore i it can't go to anyone else right now except for us because mm -hmm. we are the only actual actual functioning business in my corridors yeah, and successful there. and successful like, and you can now show hey guess what we did yeah. we went to ninth and harrison or ninth and true it's yeah the, it, the building is big enough it's big enough it for both. both oh jeez <laughs> but ninth and true sounds better because everybody knows truce everybody yes. knows what truce means for but the isn't city. that crazy that yeah. i omit truce so often out of the the mm -hmm. description of that because i don't want people to already decide that they won't support it just based upon that word yeah 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 because that is a I don't want to say it's toxic for the city, but everybody in Kansas City who grew up here knows what truce means. It's the dividing line. Yep, 100%. Yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, when we talked about this a little bit after the other podcast, it's like I'm really working on kind of getting everything centered and every piece around trying to build a nonprofit that has to do with the east side. Yeah, you want and to maybe develop over there? Is that it's um it, it's it's land. I don't know what you're allowed to talk about or yeah. want to talk about. I, I, not much <laughs> right now. What I'll say it, it has to do with it's the problem that. I'm focusing on is, and if you watch Our Divided City, that um, that YouTube video I was talking about, it was a Casey Nova project, but they talk about, and again, it's two sides talking about an issue, but sometimes it comes off as clashing as opposed to cooperating. Right. And I understand why each side feels like they need to clash, and it's because Kansas City, the city of Kansas City itself, has the Kansas City Land Bank. It's basically just a, a separate organization within the city that owns all of these abandoned properties. And they created it in like 09 or 10, like during the, the recession, during the land crisis. But it really was addressing an issue that had been around for a long time. Right. And that was abandoned houses, people that had just left it, you know, and they basically put all of these places into one entity, which is the Kansas City Land Bank. And so if you look it up online, it's just littered. Yeah. right in the east side it's just all the dots are in the I east side i could probably tell you street names that oh yeah have them yeah and right. one of the ones i'm looking at like i'll bring it up after the after the podcast but you can see it's like five dots in a row and they're all houses that have been mm -hmm. been demolished and so the city is basically saying look at all this shit we we there's zero way we can manage it like with all of our budget issues already with everything we're trying to do and understandably people kick back on that but it's like with everything we're trying to do to build the city up we we can't get our mowing like we can't hire more mowing crews to go through and do these every two weeks right we can't go into these places and take the concrete steps out and pull the trees down and open them up we can't afford to put you know a hundred more lights in it's probably more than that's probably like four thousand more lights in. we just can't do it right and the citizens are saying but you fucking own it do it. Do it. Because we're seeing, you know, drugs being sold here, yep. prostitution in some of the abandoned houses. Mm -hmm. You know, even the lots that nothing's happening, it, and they're growing into these other people's homes. And what that are sucks to do for it. the homeless that are there, uh, from our standpoint, is that, like, those are bad places to even exist. They're yeah. not, it's not even safe to be, like, a squatter. Yeah. in some of those exactly and so that's a debate that we often have you know we sit on the paseo west neighborhood association we also speak with our 
Congress people and city council people a lot is why is it that, uh, and this is probably its own discussion too, why do we not even give a shit about the homeless or those people who Mm -hmm. are living in those? Those people are seeking refuge in the abandoned house that no one gives a shit about, but we are okay with them probably dying in there because they're third yeah, out of sight, out of mind, third yeah. class citizens. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and so I just, we, I, I have become such a strange advocate in my neighborhood for the people who have to exist in that yeah. by saying, these are humans, lives yeah. that you're literally throwing away just because of an address. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and statistically, they're going to, I mean, just based on the facts and the, the, the numbers that go into it, those are going to be at-risk citizens in general anyway, mm-hmm. because... And I don't know the numbers and I don't have them in front of me or anything, but I would guess that a significant 30, 40, 50 plus percentage uh, of of homeless are either um, addicted to something Mm -hmm. or have a mental condition that really prohibits them from engaging in society. And you also have a really shitty statistic that is now rising and it is kids and who have been kicked out of LGBTQ homes. That's fucked up. Isn't it? That's really fucked up. And also the average age of a homeless person in Kansas City, Missouri is 12 years old. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Mm-mm. 12. So, yep, 12 years old. Like, and I have that, I have those statistics and proof that like, yeah. I'm not kidding about that wow. particular thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, but right, yeah, there's that third really weird demographic that's growing of, that aren't drug dealers. But you better believe that a lot of those kids that are kicked out on the street have to end up turning, unfortunately, to prostitution and drugs and those yeah. things to make a living. I mean, that's yeah. unfortunately the word on the street. Yeah, because everybody has to eat. They do. Everybody has to eat. Everybody has to have, you know, everybody should have access to shelter. But you've got to figure out a way that makes sense. Right. And on, you know, where I used to come from and still do for the most part on, on – financial issues is you come from the conservative side that says like well we need to do this this way mm-hmm. it should all come from private foundations and then you come from the you know progressive side that says no the government needs to help out no one needs 50 billion dollars exactly <laughs> yeah yeah i mean <laughs> well yeah i mean that's that's the argument it's like yeah okay but that's your 50 billion i see all and that's yeah. where I. well then it's like you get bill Melinda gates it's crazy yeah yeah it, you get those two and then you get warren buffett that's just like yeah when i retire my kids will get this much money but for the most part my all of my stock is going to their organization to yeah. help internationally my biggest thing and this goes to like the nationalist side which is a little interesting but my biggest thing is like I, I love what you're doing overseas. Can, can you help here? And I'm sure they are. Like, I, I'm not saying that I'm looking at their foundation and saying, well, this is awful. You're helping other people. It's just like there, there is a problem when, oh, gee, that statistic just freaks me out. It's I'm like, going to tell you that. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's not even like people of color either. Like, that's where it also gets really confusing yeah. either. Because especially when you say truce, the, the statistic is actually not as high with people of color as you want it to be almost yeah. to be able to ignore them mm-hmm. in some fucked up sentence. Wow. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it is fascinating and I only know it because I'm in that neighborhood and I have to sit on those panels and I have to go to those sort of mm-hmm. discussions and I hear those statistics and I'm just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. 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 Well, and that's a great conversation to have with everybody too. It's like one arts asylum, amazing place, a lot of great stories, a lot of collaboration, wonderful thing for art to come together in the way that it is mm-hmm. Two. We chose this location, and I mean, I think you said on the last podcast, people were kind of looking at you like, really? Yeah. You're here? 
why are you here? Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, at first they did not like three or four white people moving into that neighborhood either. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that was crazy too, to actually sort of feel, and I, this is a dangerous statement, everyone, but sort of like that reverse racism that, mm-hmm. that was sort of taking place with us, with these. Yeah. But we did, I mean, you know, we, we probably did look like we were the white knights in yeah. armor coming in there. We had mm-hmm. the money, but no one else was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I can't you, be punished for for taking the leap. Yeah, exactly. Well, and you you come in and you actually stuck around too, because I mean that's that's the reason that this thing on my side has taken so long. Is everybody that I talk to, it's like, well, that sounds like a great organization. It's like, no, it's going to be an awful organization if it fails in three years. Yeah. And the last thing I want to do is purchase any property somewhere where I'm going to fail a side of Kansas City that gets ignored anyway, where they're going to look to that. Like, I'm going to be look, another white man who. Yeah. Didn't, it didn't work. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's the last thing I want to do. Because all that's going to do is give a lasting impression that this is not how you handle things. And everybody's going to ignore it. And then, especially with, my, with what I'm looking at to do initially, it's like you're going to see that structure that was built. And you're going to go, failed again. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to be a failure, I don't think. No. 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 Well, and especially not <laughs> with other people. If, if I messed up, okay, fine. But and th- I'm not, you know... Th- like you think about like wife and kids and all that kind of stuff, like your friends and everything. Like I don't want to be a failure for them. It's like okay, put that aside because that's just you talking to yourself. Well, yeah, if and you're they looking- also kind of want you to fail if they believe in your process. Not not meaning like they're rooting for you to fail, but if you fail to your friends and family and all of them, mm-hmm. they trust you enough. Yeah, so like you're gonna come back and do it. Yeah, you're gonna be great. Yeah, but that organ like, but if somebody in that station of life, if somebody right there, and especially the people that are moving into that place with the idea that they're going to help, like you mm-hmm. and like some of the people in that, um, th- that documentary, it's like if they go in there and they see somebody came in, failed, and then just left, it's like, what the fuck? We have a little bit of problem with that. We actually talk about people who swoop in and buy businesses or start businesses there that aren't from Kansas City. We're having yep. a really strange sort of um, I get a lot of phone calls about investment real estate in uh-huh. Kansas City because it's twenty five thousand dollars houses you can rent out for eight hundred. Yeah. Uh huh. Uh huh. So it's really weird. And there's <laughs> also like people who will buy a building and then not do anything with it because they're from Seattle, but mm-hmm. they don't have to see it. Yeah. You know, they just purchased it because it was a cheap. Yep. They went to. They had someone go to the city hall steps at, on the day that all of uh-huh. the houses go. You know, yep. up there and. What, what the sale? I mean, we we've purchased properties. Oh yeah, the tax sale. That. Yeah, yeah, we, oh, yeah. We've done many of those um, with some of the rental houses that our our company had in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and you know, people will come in and they'll swoop them, but then they still don't do anything with it because they mm-hmm. don't ever have to physically see the property that they are ignoring. Yeah, from time to time, yep. and they're stopping development. You know, and oh yeah, and nothing is happening. There's a property literally across the street from the Arts Asylum that we would kill to have because we want to build a second thing and. No, nope, they don't care. Who owns? I mean, n- not specifically, but who owns it? Is it that kind of like Seattle-based? Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Uh-huh. And they think that the property will go up eventually, so they are holding part of it as like a ransom of this is how much uh, they want for it. Even though the bank has came in and sort of given them their number, they think that it could be appraised for a much higher amount one day. Well, and that's just got to be a double fuck you because you're like, yeah, we're the ones sitting here the helping. Why it will yeah, be exactly. Six million dollar lot yeah now yeah that you think you're gonna get 1.6 million yeah. for when ours was 200,000 yeah by the way <laughs> wow right but but yeah but no one wanted it mm-hmm. no one did and then we fight a lot about you know another fun subject is about like the food trucks that come down there mm-hmm. um 
to that feed the homeless. Yeah. There's a lot of really fun conversations that we have to have about that. I don't know if we had that on our now I, I, our lost podcast. But yeah, it's, <laughs> no, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, it's so, um uh so yay people come in and feed the homeless. Uh, no one is saying that that is a bad thing. Uh-huh. But I I must stress that I definitely think that people should be fed. Yeah. Yes. I definitely think that there are groups that are set that are supposed to do that. And if you belong to a church or an organization that you would love to come and help feedings mm-hmm. in parks, um, maybe align yourselves with one of the organizations that are there. So there can be a little bit of a checks and balance because the thing it, I just sound, I, I unfortunately had a horrible debate about this issue when the Kansas city, uh, public people came and poured bleach on, yeah. Food. Yeah. And I don't think that that was good for Mm-mm. the health department. No. But I do think that they had warned a lot of groups that what they were doing was not good. Mm-hmm. And it's because there's no uh, holding accountable of the quality of that food that comes out of that truck. Mm-hmm. Or that you don't have enough to serve, so the fights and things that sometimes oh, will no. happen yeah. afterward. Or what I will call the hamburger meat that was left in plastic bags down our fence line that then we had five to ten people in the hospital because that food was spoiled and yeah. disgusting. So those are the negative parts of that. Uh-huh. When you bring that into the neighborhood and you put one of those feeding trucks right in front of my building, and then it's, you, it's like the zombies I'll come to that. And then all of the trash is left there and there's fights for products and you get to go back into your minivan and and drive back to Lee summit. Yep. Well, I don't know if you bettered anything in the neighborhood in that day. Right. So maybe you could donate that food and work with one of the homeless shelters and do a side by side sort Mm -hmm. of food kitchen or whatever. So I'm always also people who talk about uh, opening businesses and things around that to remember that those sorts of things take place there and we are supposed to support helping the underprivileged, yeah. but maybe don't do it the wrong way. I don't, yeah. I'm slightly being vague just because well, I it's think weird. Anybody that's listened, that's <laughs> listening to this, I mean, for the most part, is probably centered around Kansas City based on yeah. the numbers that I see. And they probably remember the story yes. that came out a few months ago, I assume. Fuck, the last few months have flown right. by. Could have been a year. They, I know. Could have been a year ago, and you'd be like, "Yeah, it was about I think five. It was, I think it was October. <laughs> okay. October, November, according yeah. to the maybe court document that sits around me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It, well, and you only see the, you know, you only see the woman from the health department coming and pouring bleach. Pouring on bleach. It. Yes. And I, and I can't remember who I was talking to this or with this about, but you know, it was one of those things. Like, I, I mean, I totally fell for it. I was like, "That's bullshit. Like, what are you doing?" And then somebody was like, well, let's have another conversation about what this means. It was like, okay, yes, and I think you have, like, there, there's got to be a solution. And again, this is it's what I'm not, going... I have to, it is not pouring bleach on food. I right. Will, I will say... Yeah. That is not the solution. That's not the solution. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, and again, like, if they're parking in front of your building, it's like, w- would you call ahead and let's talk about this? Because we've been here. Yes. Ten years. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. We can probably tell you a few things to think about. Like, and maybe don't put it in bags. Or <laughs> clean up your trash. Yeah. Like, how are, you, how are you handing out the food mm-hmm. to do that? And where is just the cleanup of that? Yeah. Like, pay attention. You know, for a while, you know, someone who was on the mayor's task force or whatever, uh, I don't want to say his... No, he's not 
he didn't win a mariel place <laughs> um had uh, the idea of that you know all you have all you would have to do if you wanted to go down there alex is it would be like you would have to just get like a stamp on the back of, of all of your plates or whatever yeah. that says, Hey, it, it's not even like even a licensing or they talked about that. It might just be like a $25 like year license, you know, that at least yeah. holds you accountable. But that way we can start to track if your particular trash is mm -hmm. the one that we keep finding all over the neighborhood by having some sort of, you know, checks yeah. and balances of your particular trash compared to just normal everyday things yeah. we can help underprivileged people yeah it's just don't don't look at it so black and white right sometimes yes. well and don't don't have the ability or what what am i trying to say <laughs> you need to have the ability to be introspective as well don't right. look at your cause like you're without quite like you're you are not perfect you're you always going perfect. to have issues yes make sure you take those issues and say you know what it's not right to put bleach on food. It is not. We probably have some things that we can grow and learn. Let's work together. But I knew how dramatic that had to be because I know particular groups had been warned. And I don't think that particular one. That's also the shitty part yeah. about that. They're getting punished thing. for all the other yes. ones too. But yep. they were just like, we have warned about this. We have talked about this. And the only way to make sure that no one consumes that food, because we have no way to regulate if that food is say for you yeah. is to completely destroy it mm -hmm. with bleach. Very dramatic. Yeah. The wrong choice. But when you sit on that panel and you hear the health department kind of talk about it, you, you kind of can't help but drink a little bit of their Kool-Aid too by yeah. saying, I know what you did. I just don't think you did it right. Right. <laughs> yeah. You had, a, a, you know, you had a solution to a problem. Probably need to go back and look at that solution. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But then it becomes very like Christian based. Like they thought people were fighting churches and yeah, you know those sorts of groups. And I was like, nobody, yeah, it, nobody's doing that. No, it's not about God. Trust no, me. It's, it's it's about the person puking yeah, behind yeah, my building. Yeah, it's about Jerry who's throwing up right now. Yes, Jerry's pretty pissed. But off. you don't care about Jerry. No, because you already left. Yeah, yeah. And you feel good about yourself when mm -hmm. you left too, because you thought that you fed Jerry. Yeah. Now Jerry needs medical attention. Yep. And, and he can't pay for that. Nope. And guess who has to make the call? Yep. We do. We do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's... <laughs> <laughs> I know. What, uh, what, a strange, I, what a strange tangent, but it was totally uh, yeah, an but issue that I deal with a lot. Well, and it's absolutely necessary, and it does play into exactly what we were talking about. You came in to a, a community that probably had some pushback to you guys because mm -hmm. it was going to be, you know, oh, you're the white saviors. Fuck you. What are you doing? Yeah. And now you've been there for 10 years and it's like you're creating a positive experience in the neighborhood. The neighborhood's looking good. You got some asshole from Seattle that's kind of pissing you off. But right. for the most part, things are going well. And then somebody comes in with a minivan and they're on, you know, name a local news station bitching about the fact that the health department came in and poured bleach on their food when right. they don't tell the other side of the story, which is, yeah, but now Jerry's in the hospital because these assholes came in and didn't. Yeah. And that may not to. just be even food quality. Again, the thing that I also have to say is there's a lot more homeless people than there are food to feed them. Right. Yeah. So then what literally will happen is fights will happen. And maybe not in front of the truck, mm -hmm. which is where a lot of those groups have said, but no, we don't see anything. And yeah. They're, and you're like, right. You didn't see when Jerry took that food to the next block so he could eat it and that he just got beat up yeah. because he had food. And this woman and kid didn't, and some valiant. This is a specific story. This is why I'm telling that. Yeah. And this man went because a mother and her kid did not get food. Mm -hmm. A guy went and literally 
beat the shit out of this, well, who we'll call Jerry, mm-hmm. and then did that. So it was very Robin Hood-esque, yeah. where you're like, well, you, you thought you were doing the right thing, yeah. but now that Jerry's in the hospital again, yeah. and it's only because... Two Van, people thought they were doing the right yeah. thing, and now Jerry's fucked up. Now Jerry doesn't yeah. have food, and he's in the hospital. Yeah. So why did Jerry even get that food? Right. right. Yeah. Wow. Ugh, it's, yeah. And I only yeah. see it, and I never would have been able to have that conversation, or probably... Sadly, I never would have thought about it mm-hmm. had I not had been right out my office window yeah. watching some of those things happen. Well, and I would have never even thought about that side of it if you weren't here. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, I know there's two sides, but what does that mean? But the only side you see is bleach poured on food. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it does play in. I mean, for my you know super libertarian side, it plays into like government sucks. It's yeah. like, yeah, but sometimes it just might not have the right solution. I don't know if the health department ever has a good day. Yeah. <laughs> because they're yeah. always making everyone's el- someone else's life shitty. Right. But you have to remember, it's like when our fire marshal just came down to the arts asylum. I, I hate when the fire marshal comes down <laughs> to the arts asylum because you're you're like you're under a microscope. Yeah. But it is just to make sure that everyone's safe. Yeah. Yeah, it's to make sure people don't die. Yeah. Yeah. So even if they're like, well, we really just want this exit sign a little brighter. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? You want a 70 watt instead of a 40, you know, whatever. But you're like, but somewhere that could be the difference between someone dying or not. Mm -hmm. And so I will make that light brighter. Just a little brighter. Yeah. Yeah. You know. (laughs) Have the smart home lights and just go, okay. Yeah. (laughs) But it's those little things that I just think that people, um, yeah. The, yep. the health department never has a good day. No, no. <laughs> and they couldn't if they tried. No. Yeah. They tried their ass off and somebody would still be mad at them. So even as much as we have worked for the Arts Asylum to do that, we still dream that we would love to open up a second one. I call it the the franchise version of that. Yep. But I don't know if we should stay in the same neighborhood mm-hmm. because uh, something I know that I probably mentioned the last time that we chatted was the most amazing thing is, is in the beginning we couldn't get anyone to come down to Ninth and Troost. Yeah. Now our calendar is so full, I can't serve anyone until 2021, yeah. 22 at this point. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know where my ass was two years ago. I can't imagine where it's going to be two yeah. years from now. And so what so many calls that come to us, I'm actually sending people out of the urban core now because I don't have space for that. So should I build a second arts asylum in the urban core to yeah. continue to bring people down there? Or should I build a second arts asylum somewhere else to serve a different group. And that's, yeah. that's the lovely, what I like to call pink lemonade conversation that I'm having is I win either way. Right. But now what do I need to, what's the next step of my dream bigger? Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know what that is yet, but it's really yeah. cool to, to do that. Yeah. It's nice to know that you made it to the second phase. Yeah. Yeah. But it's scary. Any, oh, that microscope well, of is course. so scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you're always going to compare it to that one. I mean, everybody, yeah. you know, no matter what happens, everybody compares the next step to the original. Mm-hmm. And if it's not exactly the same, people are mad. If it's better, people are mad. If- and then it's kind of like releasing my baby, too, because it is it is just me and Courtney and Alex's brainchild that yeah. built this. And if we build a second one, someone else, the delegation section of that is... Mm-hmm. Kind of bad for me yeah. as an only child um, <laughs> as well. And so I'm also trying to learn on it's okay for essentially someone to franchise my business model and idea right. and I could help them. But it, 
Yeah. So anyone out there wants to build a second one, <laughs> there's um, there's a nice little space on uh, what is it, like St. John and basically St. John and 70, 71 Highway. Mm-hmm. It's got the theater and the like three story brick building. It sure does. It sure does. Yeah. Do you know anything about that? Uh, it was actually I saw it on a tax sale. I, I think it was actually one of the land bank properties a couple of years ago. And it looks like somebody came in and got it. But yeah, I looked at that spot and then one. It's like right across the street. And was like, that one right across the street would be great for my organization. And that one right there with the theater and the gigantic brick building would be my dream. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Especially. The other thing that we have to figure out is the food desert that takes place around there yeah. as well. And that's that's something that... That I can't help with personally, but mm-hmm. I need someone to engage yeah. that. Yeah. Because I don't want to open a restaurant like no. or a coffee shop. That's not that's not my personal mission no. at all. Well, there's just got to be, I mean, and I've actually, it's funny you bring that up because I've actually thought about that as well because it's like, you know, when you start out and especially as I've just kind of plugged away slowly, making sure everything's in line where it needs to be and making sure that I, I think about as much as I possibly can before taking the step and not trying to avoid the first step, just like, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't yeah. fuck up. But that's one of the things I've really looked at is just like, how do you do it? How do you make that happen? Because it's going to be a complicated problem. Well, you need someone to believe in it first. Yeah. Blindly. Mm-hmm. Because there's also no proof that it will work. That's right. the other shitty part about yeah. what's happening in that sort of what I will call the larger urban core is it's never, there's never been food there. Yeah. You know, or those sorts of facilities to actually do that. It's been such a business district and industrial area, which then blows my mind because all those businesses have to eat lunch somewhere. Yeah. Like open up like a, a greasy spoon diner at least and give yeah. me somewhere to get a cup of coffee. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And you, you just run into different problems. Like I bet if you talk to KCP and L, like I'm going to put a, a rest, a greasy spoon restaurant here. Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh, not there. Not there. Don't do it. What about here? Like, no, that's not where I want. It doesn't need to be there. It needs to be right there. Mm-hmm. But they're looking for someone who has the $10 million who isn't asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that's unfortunate because the people who have that, live in seattle exactly (laughs) (laughs) or i mean like i mean but that's the joke no exactly but yeah they live in seattle or they're going to invest in it downtown they're going to find some place that they know without question the property value is either not going to go down quote unquote or is at least going to be in an area where it's constantly going to be needed Mm -hmm. and there it's not easy to say that i mean you look at some of the properties the commercial properties on you know even my mls or like some of the other um, cies that are around and it is there are a lot. There are a lot of different places in the urban core that you could. I mean, you point to that area, mm. you know, east of 71, south of 70. There are tons of That's commercial the buildings. Asylum, motherfucker. Yeah, That's exactly. exactly where that is. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you look at those areas and you think there's a shit ton of commercial locations. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants to do it because they're scared. They are scared. And to be and, honest, that's legit. That's okay. Right. So then I, I just, I've also said, I wonder if I would open an arts asylum today. Or if yep. I would, or if it's because I was 23, 22, 23, and I thought I was invincible and I had no grasp of what we could lose right. then. Yeah. So we just did, but I am far more cautious at 33 than I ever was at 23. Oh yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. I well, now see where a dollar goes and how, yeah. I mean, when we originally opened the arts Sound, we thought we could do everything for a hundred thousand dollars. And I mean, that first <laughs> million went really quick. Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it did. But I mean, and you look at the same problems and it's like, if you were, 
at 33, you've seen the stories. You probably pay more attention to what's going on downtown. Jesus Christ, if you watch Kansas City news at night, which I don't anymore, but the days that I used to watch local news, it's like, who got raped, who got murdered, and where was it? Right there. Right there. Always right there. Yeah, crime is down a lot right now. I should come back on in a few weeks and give my crime stat report. I like it. You know. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'd love that because, I mean, I think that's important to talk about because Mm -hmm. you only see that, and it's always whatever's going to catch headlines – that's what we see. And you only think it's black people, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I again, that's why that's the, the messed up part about that statistic is... It's not. It's just not. Well, and walk around the east side now. Go now, on Benton Boulevard. Now, do I... Would I unfortunately say that based upon the crime statistics and stuff, there are definitely people of color who are committing the crimes that, mm-hmm. you know, if and, and do those things, but they just never also open the next category to see the Caucasian people that are also doing the yeah. same stuff. They only want to show one side because somehow, and then that's its own debate that, you know, is fun to talk about yep. is are there people, cause we sort of been accused of this, um, <laughs> is, uh, are we trying to keep it racist? So then are the property value, we can swoop up and purchase it whenever like do we keep talking about how shitty some of these neighborhoods Mm -hmm. are so then because if the property value gets any sort of attention we won't be able to afford it yeah anymore and i've had some really crazy conversations about that to be told to be careful that the arts asylum does not raise all of the property value around because people are wanting to purchase but they can't pull the trigger yet and i'm like i'm not holding myself back just because you are too scared to do that. Right. But we are right next to a Greyhound bus station. I get it. We have two uh, homeless shelters within three blocks of yeah. us. Um, and I don't know what to do about that, but embrace it. So that yeah. I know, I, again, I have, I would love to go back to my 23 year old self and say, what did you really, cause I also think I was young and naive then too. Mm-hmm. I probably really didn't see the danger in that neighborhood because I thought I was invincible. So I feel well, yeah. like I've sort of found this perfect 10 year pocket of mm-hmm. not knowing better and actually getting to see change happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's a, that's a weird, it, it's a weird thing because I mean, what it's always called gentrification it when is. you go into an area and you raise the property value and you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. We are. And that's one of the things that I look at with what I'm looking to do is like, okay, if I buy these lots and I develop it and I do exactly what I'm looking to do, which is not like a, a piece of, you know, commercial real estate or residential real estate or anything like that. It is pure community based. If I do that, is that street now going to be worth more? And therefore somebody's going to come through, see that the park is there and go, oh, well, I own 55 rental houses in this, you know, 10 square block area. I'm going to raise the rent on these people because they have better access to this. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to have everybody on that street look at me and say, what the that fuck? That was your fault. Yeah, that was your fault. Mm-hmm. Now we hate that. Now we're going to mess it up. Now we're going to do this. And they're that, also the going to tell you that you don't live in the neighborhood. Exactly. So yeah. how do you know what the neighborhood needs? You know, you're only here from nine to five. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, how do we make that happen? I know. Yeah. You know exactly. Well, I mean, but but I'm saying those are those really fun conversations that I cannot believe that I get to be a part of or have Mm -hmm. thought about because I never would have thought about the impact of doing gentrification, essentially. Mm -hmm. But it really, it's positive and comes with a lot of negative as well. Yeah. I mean, read Mm -hmm. the article about like, uh, what is it? Beacon, Beacon Hill, Mm -hmm. Beacon Hill, all of the houses that have gone up over there. Like if you, there was a, I think it was a star article. It was either star or 435 South. I can't remember which one it was, but they wrote an article about that area 
And you it, just showed your conservatism. Four thirty five and the star. <laughs> <laughs> your two articles. <laughs> well, yeah. But, but the it was interesting to me to like just read the article and I don't know which what it was. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's like you said that and I was like, I don't even want to circle back and say it might have been the pitch because it might have been the pitch too but now i'm just going to look like an asshole who's trying to recover no <laughs> no it's, it's just fascinating yeah like. but they talk about it but it was interesting because they they interviewed the people that built the houses mm-hmm. and they were like i can get land cheap i can build my amazing house and i can live here forever and i can have exactly what i want and they also interviewed and this is where i thought the article was interesting it was they interviewed the people that have lived there forever who were there pe- in the beginning mo- yeah, yeah and mostly people of color yes and they were like what the fuck why are you doing this? Like, mm-hmm. we've had this neighborhood. It's been nice. Property taxes haven't been raised. We're doing fine. This happens. Property taxes are raised. Fuck you. And I'm now deciding that your neighborhood needs to be better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But who asked for it? Yeah. I mean, no essentially one. is what a lot of them are saying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We didn't ask for you to come and make this better. We thought it was fine just the way it was. Exactly. And you don't want to say, like, well, well I read these statistics and everybody says it's terrible. Like, uh-huh. You don't you you weren't here, and they know it too. It's so weird. Yeah. It's but being an adult is goofy because we are privy to those sorts of information and thoughts, and mm-hmm. um, and I, probably a lot of those people that were in that said neighborhood maybe never ventured out of that neighborhood either, so they didn't have really a global perspective of what their neighborhood was like. Yeah, for other you know outsider people yeah. looking in, they of course loved their world, but they mm-hmm. had no idea what we all saw. Yeah, yeah. I take care of my house. My neighbors take care of theirs, mm-hmm. and we'll, we won't talk about anything else. Right? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, being well, I, I always love you know that the de- urban development. You know, just talking about how things happen. Like whenever yeah. things pop up, like Prairie Fire did. You know, out on 135th yeah. or whatever, and that was that was a pretty developed land on the left side <laughs> yeah. of that. But really, all you had was Church of the Res or whatever yep. on the right side, and then now like it's completely developed. Yeah. Like that entire area pretty much feels like it stretches to Martin city now yeah. without having any problems. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it's, it's been so weird for me because I, when, uh, when I was, <laughs> be interesting. Um, back we'll in see. the days where I was hanging out with my, my buddy that I grew up with and you know, he was, uh, this was before I went to college, we were in high school and everything. And he had like his group of buddies from Rockhurst and like, everybody had more money than we did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we'd go out and it was like, all these people were gathered for street racing on, you know, 135th street. And so it was, it was entertaining to see, like we saw some amazing cars and just like got to know a lot of different people. But even when we were out doing that, it was like, so there's houses, a couple of businesses here and there, and that's farmland. And now there's a massive church. There's what's the place called Van Mar or whatever yeah, it is. Prairie Mar- fire. Yeah, all of that. Like, and now the development south of there, as far as housing goes, is insane. But like I graduated in 05, you know, in college, four years, started my career, started my family and everything. And now when I go back, cause I just, my, my parents go out there a lot cause they're from Raymore and my mom works in Leewood. So like they're out there constantly. Yeah. That's just kind of like their meetup spot is all those different spots. And, it's interesting because when we meet, I just go out there and go, what the fuck? It blew up out of nowhere. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. and you think about when it blew up. It didn't blow up like when the market was going you know, straight up. It was when it took, it dove. Right. I seem to really think that was like what, 7, 8, 2007, mm-hmm. 8 is maybe whenever like 
Van yeah. Muir or whatever was starting to get built. And even that was on its own. Oh, yeah. Out there. That kind of looked like a, <laughs> a yeah. spaceship sitting there yeah. by itself. Well, that church, is it Church of the Resurrection? That's the giant one, like the, the starship. Sure yeah. That one, I remember it going up and they had like the one wall. And I was like, what the fuck are they building? It's huge. Yeah. I've never been there. Like, I'm not terrified by like giant buildings or anything, but I look at that thing. I'm like, that looks, that's terrifying. That is a that is a spaceship that landed uh-huh. in the middle of Kansas. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I work there from time to time. Oh, do you? <laughs> I, I am there, not the religious side, because mm-hmm. they they hire an atheist, which is crazy to work really? there. Really. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But I direct their Christmas show every year. Gotcha. They're a huge Christmas at the Res show. I'm sure it's huge. It everything's is, bigger in Leewood, Kansas, apparently. It is ginormous. I yeah. believe I'll have to go out there when you're working out there because I'm afraid to like even approach it. Uh, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm afraid I'm going to set on fire when I go in there. Uh, largest stained glass window in the world, ladies really? and gentlemen. Is that is wow. the backside of that, the longest. I believe that is a $28 million stained glass window. Mm-hmm. I think wow. their sanctuary is a $70 million sanctuary. See, why didn't you guys start off as a church? We took a church that was abandoned and turned it into a performance <laughs> space. Because churches, you know, uh-huh. tend to uh, rise and fall as well. Yep. Uh-huh. They do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There, uh, I'm sure, I won't lose a job. Who cares? Uh, <laughs> six stained glass windows that were built for my last Christmas of the Res show uh, was about close to the same operating budget that I had to put on an entire season of theater and they built it for a weekend and threw them away. You're like, no, so, give them to me. Yes. Give them to me. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but it was, it's amazing. You know, I, it is definitely the only time I get to work with 500 people at one time. Wow. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. We people. had like 200 people in the choir, about a hundred or so in the orchestra and then another hundred or so performers i'll have to come out and check that out you will yeah Yeah. have you ever seen inside of that no no i will show you a photo of what the inside of that room looks like i can't even imagine Uh uh-huh yeah yeah it was amazing and i worked there before they built the new sanctuary so the old one looked insane and now this new one yeah it's the starship enterprise like oh yeah you can't miss that Mm -mm. it's i don't know if it is but it looks bigger like way bigger than sprint center and they it um, it, it's close. It feels yeah. it's not, but it it's close. It's got to feel close. And that church is not necessarily having the best time right now. You know, they were part of the the whole Methodist uh, vote or whatever to not accept legalization of same sex marriage inside of their housing. You know, they wow. The Methodist church does not support the marrying of two same sex people. That's that's the weirdest thing to me because I always grew up in Methodists were the fun people. Well, that is what that particular church is struggling with, is that they are definitely open to all people, but their... Oh, I see. Their master, if you will, (laughs) does not allow for them to, and it went to a vote. Their pope. Yeah. Yeah. And it went to a vote. They had some seminar, you know, and what was that? January, February. And they voted that um, if you perform it, you will lose your whatever stupid thing that they give you, your money or whatever. Yeah. It goes to it. Yeah. So that church is 
is definitely dealing with that, especially I'm knowing sure. that they have someone like me who directs their Christmas show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does it so, make you just want to put on like the most flamboyant outfits every time you come in? It kind of does. Yeah. But then I'm also just like, I'm not. Yeah. I like that's <laughs> That's the part too is if I was flamboyant, I think I would be. Yeah. But I'm not. But, yeah. and I don't want to make people who are already uncomfortable more uncomfortable. Yeah. I feel I've been... You're I'd, such a good person. Maybe. I feel like I'd want to go in there just like Elton John. Well, I mean, I do. <laughs> want, I do want to, but I don't think that it will serve the purpose that I want it to serve. Fair enough. Yeah. I think I can walk in my rainbow coat somewhere um, else <laughs> and do that. And yeah, be it's... Yeah, I don't want to say that I think I'm lucky that I'm, I'm not flamboyant because I don't mean that at all. That's not like gay shaming whatsoever. Yeah. It's just I feel I am able to communicate with all sides unfortunately in 2019 because mm-hmm. I'm not Elton John yeah. walking in those doors. Gotcha. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I never was. And mm-hmm. I, it's kind of funny to... Just been you. I, I was me. Always be you. It was really fun. My parents were able to sort of teach me to just be myself. So that was nice to have that support pretty much from the very beginning. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I, you know, it, it also has set me up to sort of have a really fucked up uh, viewpoint of life because I've been completely supportive. Mm-hmm. I am married. I have a husband. I have mm-hmm. a business. Like there's my hard work has come with rewards and not necessarily a ton of like negative repercussions yeah. so i feel very like is the shoe gonna drop it's like this horrible paranoia <laughs> that all the time that's yeah. a lot to to live up to whenever you kind of uh and maybe i do fail look at me i'm, I'm literally going through my own therapy <laughs> session right here so maybe i fail and i'm just maybe decent at like going through those steps and figuring yeah. out why failure happened because i don't i i fail all the time but it doesn't end my track right. in life for me that's yeah. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, it's, and it's interesting that you're able to, like, you said it, but, like, you're able to just step in between different worlds. Like, I'm sure when you go to the Arts Asylum at Ninth and Troost, mm-hmm. it's a very different world than going to the Church of the Resurrection it and sure directing is. their Christmas play. It is. Like, but it, I am somewhat similar in both, though. I mean, yeah. you know, take me 100% for what I am, and I promise not to be disingenuous. But I definitely have to talk to Church of the Res differently than I get to talk to all of my artists yeah. in my <laughs> building. Um, but I'm also very transparent in the beginning. That's something that has worked well for me, in particular clients like the Church of the Res, is I'm like, this is what you're getting. Yeah. If you don't want this, I'm not going to like blast you. I'm not going to be an yeah. asshole. But you have to understand that I will not change who I am mm-hmm. to fit into whatever you think maybe the person that 700 people are listening to right now. (laughs) But I also said I won't be disrespectful. I'm not going to walk in there and be like, Jesus isn't real, right? Because that's kind of who's paying my paycheck. So yay God. (laughs) And and understanding that and learning. And that is something that I also started to do is really uh, by working with places like the Church of the Res, I then taught myself that I wanted to go and read all of all the religions just so I can learn about it and kind of figure out the common denominators or why maybe there's so much hate or where we're getting mixed up in your interpretation compared to my interpretation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, it's interesting with religion too, because I feel like a lot of people who are either the most religious or who it's a weird cross section because I feel like there are people who are very, very religious and believe exactly what they believe. And they go and they research everything that they possibly can 
with only the idea that they're justifying their own religious existence mm-hmm. as opposed to individuals. And there are a lot of them like this. And uh, Bill Maher is actually a really good example of this. He probably knows more about the different religions than most of the practitioners and followers right. do. Which has he just gets out of his bubble. Exactly. Yeah. Which allows him to be able to speak to them and say, why do you believe this? And he's been caught by people who mm-hmm. have great arguments. Like, that's a good argument. I disagree. But that's a fantastic well, argument. Well, you also get to believe whatever you want. Yeah. That's the magical part about religion and life mm-hmm. is if you believe in God, you should. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you believe and you have, and I don't want to say your facts straight because that's not the point of this argument, but, but if, if you... But if the facts straight inside of your head, I mean, yeah. however you've done that. Well, it's, you know, what is it, the Mark Twain line? Like, if I if I tell you the truth 100% of the time, I never have to lie. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a profound statement. And it's very true with religion because it's like, if you believe that, if that's your truth, fantastic. Yeah. You never have to make an excuse for it because that's what you believe. And if somebody comes to you and says, well, I disagree with this, like, fantastic. You can. I don't. Yeah, but great, great. You are more than yeah. welcome to believe that. Yeah. What happens is when you try to necessarily spend your life c- trying to convince me. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think I said this on the last time, or maybe today, who knows, that 2019, the thing that I super am working on, because I hate New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. I think that that somehow feels like there's something wrong yeah. with me. And I'm like, <laughs> and, I'm, and that's, that's not what it is. You yeah. know, I definitely set yourself goals or pay attention to right. things that maybe you've learned. And, you know, and one of those things is essentially like, don't answer questions that weren't asked to you. That's Ooh, something that's a that, good one. that I'm trying to like learn. Like n- no one asked for my mm-hmm. opinion. So why am I giving it? Now, if yeah. you do, I will say, I will speak my truth. I will tell you all of those things. I will be open to hearing your side on any, any subject whatsoever. Yep. But you, you didn't ask me. I'm not telling you. That's a really and it's good been, one. It's been really weird to sort of do that because I came to realize that I was giving my opinion far more Mm-hmm. than I thought I was. Because I was someone who was just like, no, I let everyone be whoever they want to be, and I don't push myself onto anyone. And then I'm like, that was a fucking lie, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, I, I have given my opinion to people who didn't ask for it, which yep. I believe a lot of times is the problems we get to social media. Yep. Like, whenever you see something that is offensive online and you don't know Joe Schmo number four, but yep. you just put your info in there... That motherfucker didn't ask you. Exactly. He never said, do you think that Donald Trump is a good president? He never asked me that. No. So why am I... I don't have what? to tell you. Exactly. <laughs> no, that's a wonderful one. That's that's something I should definitely do because I know for a fact I do that. I, I And I always make the excuse of like, I'm very open about things. Like, let's talk about this. I want to talk. I want to mm-hmm. learn. I want to do this. And most of the time people are just like, dude, don't. No. Stop it. Just shut the fuck up. But I love, but, I lo- <laughs> but then we can have conversation yeah. about that. See, it, I also feel like it kind of takes someone, this is a devil's advocate you're learning about me, mm-hmm. is also like, if I don't give your opinion, if my opinion unwarranted, how maybe are we supposed to communicate about that subject? Yep. So I'm also trying to balance on maybe not opinion, but like almost conversation starters, but yep. then unweighting them, maybe asking them the reverse way instead right. of saying what my actual opinion is by saying, mm-hmm. so topical, thing, I don't know, Chick-fil-A. I, I don't, I don't give a shit, you know, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> and to be like, so what do you think about, you know, organizations having to disclose where they donate their money? You yeah. know, if, if you don't want to eat Chick-fil-A, don't eat Chick-fil-A. Why do I know that Chick-fil-A donates so much money to anti-gay groups? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just crazy that I know that. Yeah. Because I didn't go and look for it. 
Yeah. I never seeked out. I don't, I don't look to wonder if Chipotle donates money here or there. Yeah. So why are people telling me? Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't well, care. Yeah, and Can't sometimes I just eat my Chipotle. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. It's like sometimes you just want to be like, dude, I just want to eat some chicken. Yeah. Like, I could, they could have the worst person in the world behind the counter. But I want that fucking chicken. But I want that fucking chicken, and I want it now. I know. And they make it better than they do. Yeah. I mean, this and that. It's a really, it's a, it's an involved argument that goes way past my intelligence because right. I, I listen to people talk about this, and you know, I'm definitely just the idiot in the back of the room. Like, well, that's right. Although that's a good point. Yeah. Like, I, I see I'm all to- sides. Yeah. And I feel like a moron because I'm just like, I have no idea what any of this means. Like, I just right. feel absolutely dumb because people are asking for an opinion. Like, well, do you like Chipotle? Well, and like the, God, the stupid, if I hear about, and I'm going to bring it up, so I should just punch myself, mm-hmm. but that fucking baker that wouldn't bake the cake. Mm-hmm. Like, can we just all, like, can we all get together and just go, find another baker he's an asshole it's done right it's like no you can't because it's like god fucking damn. i know why did i even step into this fucking argument but it is an interesting conversation yeah it is yeah because it's the discrimination not necessarily that you didn't how do i phrase this correctly it is not i don't care if you want to make the cake or not for Mm -hmm. the gay couple it's just you didn't you didn't ask when I made the order, right? Like, so it's also that thing of like, you can't punish me if you don't make, you need to make sure that you let people know Mm -hmm. we don't like to bake cakes for gay people because then I wouldn't go there. But if I went there thinking you would bake my cake and then I somehow learned now that you don't want to, that's where the conflict came. Yeah. I, I now know not to go to that bakery. Right. You know, yeah. And I think that people, they don't want my business anyway. So why can't yeah. we just call it like a deal? Yeah. You do your straight wedding cakes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go give my gay money to this baker over here. Yeah. You don't have my money. You have your morals. Mm-hmm. I have my cake. And this gay friendly place has yeah. my money. Exactly. That should have just worked out. Mm-hmm. But instead it was. It was a firestorm. It's epic. Yeah. And I. Because it comes down to discrimination. And, mm-hmm. you know, do you get to discriminate against me? I think you do, even though you shouldn't. Right. But I think you do get to choose yeah. if you want to bake my gay cake or not. Yeah. Well, and it comes in and, you know, <laughs> I, I follow, I try to follow everybody I can except for complete fucking psychopaths. I try to get them out of my head because it's like, what if I fall for one of their ideas mm-hmm. one day? I'll feel like an idiot. But I try to follow left and right. And most of the time, left and right on Twitter means like, way right extreme and way left yeah and that i can't stand but you just try like the five minutes that i get on it's like okay let's try to form an opinion about how stupid people are and you scroll through and the one thing that i saw that was like ooh, that's a really good argument and i'm not smart enough to like art like go through this on my own but the one thing i saw was like okay you can't be you can't hate the baker if you're okay with Twitter kicking out people that are conservative. Right. It's like, that's a good argument. I had to let a gay straight alliance exist in my high school as well as a KKK group. Oh, that's not true. Is it? It Oh no, I'm not going to say your high school then, (laughs) but I'm going to tell you. Yep. Don't we both get a place at the table to talk about what we believe in? Yep. And it was as uh, hard as it is. Yep. Mm. And you do. Yeah. You do. Ouch. I will preach that my group is only preaching love, 
but my love is completely offensive to people who don't like gay people. Yeah. They are somehow offended by that. So probably the people who believe that white supremacy is real, mm. black people, I mean, I, I have to try and figure out how they yeah. feel <sighs> that way. <laughs> but don't we both get a place? That's, that's the hardest table in the world to set. That's, that's harder than a fucking wedding. I know. Trying to set people in the right spot. But I had to agree with that. Now, I don't think the KKK group was ever formed, but I had to be willing to not contest it if it did. Mm. Mm. Same way with families for Christian life. I have to allow for you, person, to say that a family looks like a man and a woman. Mm-hmm. And they're 2.1 kids. Mm-hmm. Yep. Often white. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the Mike Pence organizations of the world. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just, <laughs> but, but I have to let you exist. And so then I can't be so pissed mm-hmm. if you do exist because I'm asking to exist too, even though I personally believe that my site is sunshine and roses. Mm-hmm. You actually believe yours is too. Do you run into, um, not you personally, maybe, <laughs> but maybe you do. And that's the fun part is, I mean, I'm assuming you have me alone in your basement. So I'm assuming you're okay with gay people. But, uh, but you know, with those sorts of like conversations, you know, are like. People listen to this podcast like this all of a sudden became weird. He just, yeah. where are they? Where are they? They're in a dungeon somewhere. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but I just, I have to be yeah. very open to all sides of those. Yeah. Of those conversations, you're going to ask a question. I was going to ask you a question, and I'm sorry for trying to interrupt. Um, no, you're good. the uh, The question I had for you was, um, in in your world, and this is it's not a world that I exist in. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we know so many of the same <laughs> fucking people, um, it's amazing. Yeah, imagine by the third time we're on. Oh, it's going to be. We're just going to have a whole group of people. Yeah. I think only like it's got to be maximum four mics for a podcast. Any more probably. than that probably just sounds like yeah. people yelling at each other. You could maybe bring us in like in groups of four. Yeah, that's and true. Have forum like, groups. Let's talk about the stories. Yeah. Like, oh, it's not. <laughs> well, maybe you'll start editing. Yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I don't want to do that though. But um, do you find? What do you find that opinion? So the opinion that you just talked about where I have to be open and I have to be okay with this. Do you find pushback in your community on that? Like, yeah. Yeah. But I f- believe I'm an advocate for it being fair. And if yeah. what we are screaming about is equality and fairness in all of these different categories, mm-hmm. I don't get to choose what that is. Yeah. And, and that is sort of why I feel maybe I'm, I've done so well amongst myself and my business and my community is because I am still an advocate for the people who hate me. Yeah. <laughs> as hard as that has to be. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I, what's that old quote? You know, I may not agree with it, but I have to fight to the death to defend, to defend your it. right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I totally botched that. Sorry, Thomas Jefferson or whoever, <laughs> or whoever said that. But yeah, yeah. I mean... And it is difficult. And now that does not mean that I don't wish that a conversation could be had. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that no violence occurs because of our differencing opinions. Yeah. Because um, your opinion, you know, mm-hmm. what is it? Like an asshole? Everyone's got him, but you exactly. don't have to show it. Yep. Some yeah. of them stink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and so like, I just, I hope that we can just find the common denominators yeah. always and somehow just agree that we're all humans yeah. floating around on this rock yeah. in the middle of nowhere. But yeah, we have no idea what the fuck is going on. Yeah. But I also think because we're all humans floating around on this rock, we've got on this rock. We have to find a fucking way to get along with each other. Mm-hmm. We have to make this work. Like the you know when what was it Charlotte where the Nazi thing like that whole thing happened and the guy ran over people. Yeah, it's like to me there are also hard line stops on 
what's right and wrong. And the you know the KKK example is right. it's it's a great example for knowing that you know if you're gonna if you're asking for one thing, you have to make sure you're willing to have everybody. Because if you're not, yeah. then you can't. You don't get it either. Exactly. If I'm not willing to allow for the white supremacists to also stand up and say, this is what I believe and this is the world that I wish I could be a part of, yeah. that's what I'm doing too. Yeah, and <laughs> with them, you just hope that everybody in the room is like, that's fucking crazy. Yeah. What is that guy talking but about? But here in Lee Summit, you we actually have quite a large group of KK members. We do. We do. Yeah, well, I believe that they used to meet at the Dairy Queen in downtown Lee Summit. Oh, did they? They did. Wow. Uh-huh. Things I didn't know. Because uh-huh. I and used to have to drive past there to go to work, and uh, the cops would sit on one side of the street. And, and now it, I think about in retrospect, how do we have had social media? Because I was literally 17, 18 when, oh, okay. when that was gotcha. happening. Right. But I'm a, uh, yeah, that, that wide known knowledge of that time, can mm-hmm. you imagine now in 2019, the oh. social media and all of that? Like, it would have. That way wouldn't exist. No, Dairy Queen probably wouldn't have, wouldn't exist yeah. by allowing that to be. Yeah, in downtown Lee Summit, right? That's insane. It was, and yeah. it's real. Again, I I yeah. wish I was making it up, but I would definitely not make something up and yeah. put, it, <laughs> put it on recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I'm not the president. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that guy is. He is one of the most interesting. Like I think when we look back. My my honest opinion is, I think when we look back, there are going to be a lot of negatives. There are going to be some positives, and I think I'll, the biggest feeling is going to be, "What the fuck? Like, well, it, how did this happen?" It's unprecedented. Yeah, and it's I mean, unprecedented every day. Yeah, and it's well, and it's interesting to me too because I and this is again the the pendulum swing because I see people, you know, whether it's social media or whether it's you know on a podcast or whatever, it's like either constantly defending or constantly attacking him. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can do that with any human. Like, the president is an easy position to hate all the time. Like, whether right. it's him, President Obama, President Bush, President Clinton, as far back as it goes, like, the one person... They get you, a lot of coverage. Yeah, yeah, all the time, and way too much right now anyway. Mm-hmm. And it, he doesn't help himself in that regard. Nope. But to me, I look, and I'm just like, I don't... On a daily basis, I can't see something that he does daily that's messed up. Like, he should get the fuck off Twitter. Yeah. But that's really just an opinion of mine. But I'm always amazed at, and this happened with President Obama too, and not so much under President Bush and not so much under President, it really started with President Obama. It's like just the constant stream of bullshit. Bullshit. And you have to be able to look through it and say, no, 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 no. And I talked about this again with my buddy Corey, and I was like, the thing that, I appreciate, like, when I look at President Trump and, like, his first year when he went to NATO and everybody was like, he doesn't understand what's going on. It's like, he doesn't, but because we don't, nobody owes NATO money. Like, that's not how it works. But he got, he used the bully pulpit to say, you guys aren't doing what you're supposed to do, what you said you'd do in this agreement. You have to do that. And they all went, yeah, probably. Like, you don't understand what the fuck you're talking about. But you're not wrong about that. But you're not wrong. Right. And so it's like, you have to be able to say, yep, he did that. And also call him out on his bullshit. Like when he talks about When he makes things up. Yeah. When he makes things up, you have to be able to go, that's That's bullshit. That's not how trade works. Right. That's not at all how, how it works. So, I mean, it's going to be very interesting on the back, you know, the backside of it. And the thing that I hate saying, I think I've said it a few times recently, is he hasn't actually affected my life at all. Yeah. <laughs> I hate him, mm-hmm. but I, I hate him for every reason that doesn't actually invade my household. Right. So I am still married. Yep. I have a job. Yep. I have health care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So well, I mean, like thanks. President Obama, it's like, 
did 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 he end up taking guns away? No. 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 Like and we I had uh Although just, the school shooting this week is another shitty one. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and that's an issue I find myself so so on the fence about because I'm a huge Second Amendment supporter. I'm not but trying I'm to also, take your guns. Oh, I know. And it's like, but I'm also a huge sanity supporter. And I don't know what the fuck is going on. Was it, is it Australia, right, that is gun-free? Is that? Yeah, they gathered them all up, and it's like the conservative nightmare right. scenario. Right, but they, did they really do that? They Did they walk around and take yeah, everyone's guns? I don't think they walked around and took everybody's guns. I think they had, like, a buyback program sure. or something. And then, it, again, this is me speaking out of my ass. Yeah. But if I remember right... It was they had the buyback program and then like everyone that had one, if it was found, it was like a huge fine or it was like jail time or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, again, like that's where my my founding father brain just like starts going off like crazy. It's like, I, what the fuck? I think you can have your musket to defend yourself against the government if they come and take your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when the government and again, it's like when the government had muskets. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then my brain also goes, but we don't have nukes at home. Like, we don't have a lot of things. And, again, it's one of those, like, I find myself so on the pro-gun side, and then I hear some of the shit that gets spouted, and I'm like, now I find myself over here, and I, and I don't know what part is sane anymore. I don't know. Because to me, it's like, you should be able to, but a lot of fucking idiots have them. I'm trying just not to get people killed. Yeah. If I could figure it out, I think maybe I'd be president. Yeah. You know, or something, but I... I can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. I personally don't want one. You can have one. Yeah. How can we both get what we want? Exactly. Without me having to do active shooter drills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, And yeah, and I mean, that's the big thing. Like when they started talking about arming teachers, it's like, I'm sure there are teachers that are probably like, fuck yeah. I mm-hmm. use a gun all the time. I have a conceal and carry. That works perfect. I can't trust that you're sane enough to not fly off the handle right. and blow me up. Yeah. Or somebody just like what happens with, you know, kids at home. That, you know, they, you know, the dad or the mom doesn't lock the gun up properly one time. The kid gets it out and they kill themselves. But it only takes one time. It only takes one time. <laughs> I mean, it's like having a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's like having Ooh, a swimming pool that's easily. Be careful, easily... they'll start to use that. Exactly, you, yeah. The pro-gun <laughs> people will start to use that. Uh-huh. Keep that one. Yeah, keep wraps. that one. Yeah, yeah. edit that out, edit that out. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, but I mean, in, this, in the way, in the sense of. You can watch it, you can do everything right, and you can mess up for five seconds one time and somebody can die. Yes. And that's where it's like, but I we, don't we know have to be able to have that the conversation. That's the one I'm fighting, though. Yeah. I don't know if I'm fighting the accident. Yeah. I'm fighting the conscious mm-hmm. insanity version yeah. of the misuse of it. Yeah. Like, I can drive, and a car is also a weapon. Yeah. People use cars not correctly. Mm-hmm. i.e. if you're drunk or yeah. something like that. You're still, you, people still can err on that. Yeah. I just don't know. And so then I get confused too. Yeah. I don't, I. Yeah, I, because w- what you just said, everybody, both sides can use that. I know. And so it's like, but you have, and again, this is the politics of where we fucking are right now. It's like, but we are unable to have this conversation because nobody can come to the table as an adult. But I don't know enough either. I'm yeah. not sure who gets to go to the table. Yeah. That's what I can't mm-hmm. figure out. Because yeah. even you talk about, you know, you are pro it, but then you see the other side. Yeah. So what is that glimpse? What are we supposed to do with that glimpse of the other side? I am anti it, but I see the other side. Right. So how can I, 
Mm -hmm. agree on my side and still give you what you want because I'm not trying to take the guns away from you. Right. I'm trying to keep the gun out of my face. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And as someone who has been held up at gunpoint, I'm still glad that I didn't have a gun on me. I Mm -hmm. don't know how that gun would have solved anything. Right. In that moment. Yeah. I think it would have just escalated it and made it much, much worse. Yeah. And again, that's just my forethought. I have no idea. It might have changed something but i didn't get shot luckily you know and all those things so really that was just used as a tactic to scare the shit out of me Mm -hmm. and i don't like that that person took my safety away from me by having that ability yeah on the street well and you can get into you know you can you know Mm -hmm. kind of tree branch that argument out because then you look at you know you know if you're pro police it's Mm -hmm. like you can be as pro police as possible i have a very close family member that's a policeman i hear horror stories about what that guy has to go through. Yeah. And then you see videos where, you know, like what happened in Ferguson and not just the, the interaction between Mike Brown and the officer, like not saying that we shouldn't talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Not saying we shouldn't talk about that, but take that, push it aside for this moment or for this conversation and say, why the fuck was there a tank? Like why, why was there tactical gear? Why was all of that stuff going on? While St. you're trying Louis. to calm it down. Yeah, while you're trying to calm it down. Like, do you, do you, it's like, like saying to someone, look, calm down. It's never worked when you tell no, someone No, exactly. To calm down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but, you know, you, you look, you know, what happened in like Venezuela over the weekend, mm-hmm. and there's a, you know, tactical vehicle running over people. It's like, do you think that helped at all? Well, it just showed your dominance. Yeah. 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 It showed that I can't. And it actually makes me want to fight against you. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm like, you shouldn't have that much power. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't be able to get away with that to your own citizens. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that we see. And it's that, you know, it, it's gone from where we've been at war for 19 fucking years. And now all of those pieces of equipment are getting sold to different departments. So they're having military style equipment because mm-hmm. of grants that they're asking for. It's like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm glad you, it looks neat. Why the fuck is that here? Right. That wasn't, well, I mean, that's my question to you. You yeah. may be gun supporting, but do you want a semi-automatic in your house? I mean, I do. You do. <laughs> What's it for? Huh? If you want to, if you mind sharing. No, honestly. So I, um, <laughs> I, I have been. So me personally, yeah. I don't, I don't have one. Um, I grew up around them, but I had a father that was very much like, you're, you know, we only bring these out when we're either one cleaning them, in which case you always check them. Like mm-hmm. you, you're, you're respectful of them. You fear it. Gun you knowledge is smart. Exactly. I'm glad that exists. Yeah. So all, but all of those were, you know, they were all in the safe all the time, except for the one that he put higher up than anybody needed to. Did you know where that was? Huh? I did. And I had no way to access it. And it was always there. He was a freak. He's not like everybody, which is the negative. Mm -hmm. Um, But I like it because I enjoy target practice. I, I've never been hunting, but I've always been interested in it. So it's one of those things like I would absolutely do that. Um, but I also, you know, I have a bow that I practice with and that interests right. me way more. Well, that's game. That's yeah. the sport. Yeah, exactly. That's the sport. I don't mind the sport of hunting. Yeah. yeah. But again, then the, <laughs> then the argument gets into, well, that's not why the second amendment exists. It's not, right. for, it's not for deer that are getting out of hand. Uh huh. Yeah. So it's for food. It's for You can food. go and hunt that deer. Yeah, I can go and eat that deer. Yeah. But if the government comes, I got to be able to protect myself. You do. Yeah. It's a uh, weird argument. It is. Yeah. And, again, and there's no right answer. I, there, there isn't, and that's the problem, yeah. is that we're all searching for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there, there will be a common 
mm-hmm. acceptance that has to happen. Either way, what it, I believe what is currently happening mm-hmm. is not working. No. So we need to assess and figure out yeah. something. Mm-hmm. Now, both sides are the extremist. Don't touch my guns. Get rid of all of them. Yeah. There is something in the in-between that has to be there. I want you to have your gun. I just don't know why you need the semi-automatic one even mm-hmm. more. But yep. and that's not for now. That's that's the generic mm-hmm. you, not necessarily you. Like, no, yeah, no, and I understand. Yeah. And I mean, I think gun owners would say like, well, technically, my twenty-two rifle that I used to deer hunt, or my, um, you know, not my not a not a shotgun, but I mean, you know, anywhere from a four ten to a twenty-two to you know, name your thirty out six. It's like those weapons can be semi-automatic just because you know it's da 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 da. da. I have a ten shot twenty-two at my dad's house. It's the exact same way. Right, but that's just that weapon as opposed to a semi-automatic like a glock like if you have a nine millimeter glock and it's a semi-automatic it's like okay i have clips and this is always the weird argument too for me when you have like the 22 like the clip with 22 rounds and why it. you need to shoot that much yeah well it's like why do you need that outside of just target practice which seems a little weird but two it's like but i also have speed clips for every single you know one of those guns and it's like okay well if i just have a regular clip it's like does that make you happy yeah Put the next one in. Put the next one in. Put the next one in. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. It's a mind fuck. Yeah. But I just feel like those guns are purchased to kill people. Yeah. I think they're purchased to defend yourself. Verbiage. <laughs> <laughs> no, in the best way. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. and again, that's the argument. You're talking about it's such a it's a small line. It shouldn't be, but it's a small line. And what and also knowing that I come from a line mm-hmm. of no guns. Yeah. Talk about nature versus nurture. Yeah. Nothing. Uh-huh. I don't have them anywhere in my lineage yeah going back to my grandpa and further back besides so i come from the complete opposite side when i sit at the table to be like well my entire family has somehow survived to this day (laughs) and never held one yeah you know yeah we definitely come from a different right difference but yeah we still end up right here together Mm -hmm. existing you can do your world and i'm doing my world and it's not affecting that one I, it's it's almost like I'm wrapping back to a different conversation. That mm-hmm. one through line does not divide us. Right. It is just a difference between how we both are coexisting mm-hmm. in this same moment. Like you and I are chilling here right now yeah. in this time. And I don't need or know or care how you, it, how you vote, yep. what kind of gun you have, whatever. Because we are spending the time learning and having a conversation with each other. And that is why I go on podcast. And that is why I love learning from people is because Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would have known any of those things about you. Yeah. And now I do because we took the time to sit down and talk to each other. That's a wonderful statement. You know, like it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Well, again, disagree, agree somewhere in the middle. It doesn't matter as long as you're able to have those conversations and learn from other people and I come away with something and I can walk away and be like, you know, I thought that thing was bullshit that he said, but ooh, that one thing was, I never would have thought of that. And yeah. I hope that I am, you know, learned enough to take those things away and apply them to myself and then erase the things that don't matter. Yeah. Because I'm also going to forget parts of our conversation because that's... That's the nature of it. That's the, <laughs> Luckily, we have it, fingers crossed, recorded. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got a whole new setup. If this yeah. fucking thing doesn't, I'll throw it out of the window. So we talked about gun control. Let's talk about something easy. You want to talk about abortion? Sure. No, fuck no. Not right now. <laughs> that is a conversation. I, I, so I don't when get I, to tell any woman what they can do with their body. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's, I had to fill out when I, when I ran for Congress, I, um, I knew, I, know. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I had to 
I, I felt like I'm going to lose. It's probably not the best idea socially, but I feel like because I'm running, I, I have to put it out there what, what I believe. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I did, and I filled out everything that I possibly could. And I should have done more, but it was just one of those things like, Jesus Christ, I didn't realize how much mail you get. Yes. How many things you're invited to. Right. It's like, I've got to draw the line somewhere. But I tried to fill out like any of the ones that are easy, like that you type in fifth district state of missouri or right. alexander howell when you type that in where does it take you so as soon as i figured that out i tried to fill out every single thing that i could and that was one that was really weird for me because you know the i 100 percent agree that you can't tell a woman what to do with her own body mm-hmm. i've also had two kids that were born premature mm-hmm. and so when i hear you know people that are saying like well you can have late-term abortion it's like boy that three pound kid that came out was was is still kicking, mm-hmm. and uh, I I don't know if I can agree with that. So I'm, I, but I don't think anyone's telling you to abort that kid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but the I think it's the, and again, this is just from my experience. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's it's, the beauty. Yeah. It's it was one of those things like that. Everything about that argument changed at that point, and I I honestly think that I would still be 100% in favor of abortion. I'd be pro uh, choice if I hadn't had that experience. Cause if my kid was a term, I would have just been like, well, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. But having that experience and seeing the other like kids that were born, like even like 24 weeks in our wing, it's just like, oh, do you, uh. do you equate pro choice with pro abortion? In what way? Meaning I could be pro choice and say, I can't, I don't get to tell you what you can do with your body, but that does not mean that I think that you should ever get an abortion. Yeah, this is where the complication comes in. I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. The so, I think my issue is I again my true comment is I 100% agree that I should never be able to tell anybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, a woman, man, Mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Anybody else what they can do with their own body. That's why, like, when people are like, I'm pro marijuana legalization. I'm like, I'm pro fucking everything. So everyone can do whatever they want. Yeah, they can do whatever they want. Right. But. The, the issue that I have with it is when does that also entail two bodies? Because I can absolutely tell somebody what you can do with your own body, but there's another person inside of you, which means that that is now two humans. May I ask you a question? Yes. Do you... Uh, no, I'll just say it. So I have a situation where a woman had an abortion and never asked me because she lied and said she didn't know who the dad was. So I definitely think that maybe if you do have an abortion, two signatures or some way should be figured out because I was able to completely bypass that entire thing and no one asked my opinion on it. Mm -hmm. So it is difficult for me to stand and say, I don't, you can do whatever you want with your body while knowing that it takes two to tango to -hmm. have sex sometimes. But did anyone tell you during your kid's stuff that you should terminate that pregnancy? To me personally? Yeah. No, no, no. Right. Nobody. Right. No. Have you ever known anyone to have an abortion? Yes. Yep. And do you think that they are bad people for that? <sighs> That's a tough one. <laughs> do I still like the person? Yeah. Would I call them? Would I hang out? Yeah. Oh, sure. It, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's the, it's judging the individual as a whole, not on just the action. Sure. You know, if somebody. So is abortion ever okay? Of course. So you are pro-choice? In some ways. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, if somebody came to me and said, you know, you know, I was raped. 
it was not my choice. It wasn't anything like that. I'm getting rid of it in the first trimester as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Be like, okay, totally understand. Not your choice was not yours. I get it. If somebody came to me and said that this baby is going to kill me, this baby is going to kill me. I have cancer. I, I have to take chemo right now. Mm-hmm. I want the kid, but I ha- it has to happen. I'd be like, that, that means that two people are going to die. Mm-hmm. So yeah, definitely. But and if I remember right, and I think it was a Rasmussen poll, I could be wrong about that, so don't quote me, but I think that happens in like 2% of cases. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, okay, if, if we're okay with that, then what's the other 98% look like? Mm-hmm. And to me, that's where it's like, those two are like, yeah, yes. The other 98% <laughs> are going to be the difficult ones. I know. And it's just like anything else. It's like, you know. But I don't know if it can be, I don't know if on the piece of paper, mm-hmm. if you can, if you get to explain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Write an essay for me so that I always know this in perpetuity. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Uh, and so you sort of have, I, and that is why I have felt personally that it is just easier and probably aligns more that I am, you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. with your body. And I don't know if I get to, since I don't know every variable that maybe went into that decision, right. it is very difficult for me to judge or have any sort of conversation about that particular thing, yeah. which is abortion. I have no idea mm-hmm. what takes you into that room and does that. Right. But I'm assuming you thought about it before you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I don't, I can't imagine there's a person in the world that hasn't thought that or right. that doesn't know that. Even and, if for a second you mm-hmm. thought, you know, when you get pregnant and it's maybe not planned, yeah. you know, you yeah. for one half second may think about termination before you say, no, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do that. Right. But it is it is fascinating yeah to me yeah well and and my wife and i had this conversation a while back because she knows that i'm you know she's very much you know she's in the I, and i shouldn't speak for her but if i were to guess i think she is in the pro-choice camp mm-hmm. um the the thing that we both talked about though that i think we both 100 percent agree on and again this is like one of those like you totally just veer away from whatever party you normally affiliate mm-hmm. yourself with but it's like, okay, in my personal opinion, I don't think a party or a nation can have it both ways in the sense that I cannot say we are pro-life. Roe v. Wade is out the window. That's never happening again. We are a pro-life country. And then say, but we don't provide access to birth control. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, that's the most bullshit statement ever. Isn't it? Yeah. Because, <laughs> and again, like, this has taken me 32 fucking years to come up with my opinion on it, which is why when I, you know, he, see 19-year-olds talking about it, I'm always like, yeah, I but also... You don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, living life and seeing other people and knowing people that have had abortions and everything else, it's like, you... You, you live and you learn, and I'm not going to be the same person when I'm 60. I'm going to be, I hope I'm I hope far so. more intelligent yeah. then than I am now. But it's taken me that long to form my opinion, but it's one of those things like, you know, you can say, go grab, you know, a box of condoms down the road. It's you like, can. okay, yeah, you can. But at the same time, like, I don't know if you've ever had sex, but normally you're not just like, wait, hold on. Got to go to the convenience store real quick. down there. Yeah. Right. So... To me, it's a, it's a very interesting conversation to be able to have to say, like, okay, well, if, if that's your moral high ground and mm-hmm. you say you are pro-life, there is no sti- – like, there is nothing, no factor that's going to change your mind. Right. Then you need to make sure that the government steps up and fucking helps. And even if you say it's not our responsibility, it kind of is. Is that sort of a lineage of, like, the Catholicism, though, that you're – that even – a condom is oh yeah, yeah. like yeah <laughs> inhibiting you know that your sperm is meant 
yeah. to create. So therefore, any sort of what is that emission, even masturbation, is considered a sin. A sin. Yeah, which to me that's it, why it's a sin, not the actual self pleasure, but it's that you are wasting the seed of yeah. life. Yeah. Well, and no offense to any Catholics <laughs> that listen to this channel, but if if, the, if Catholics get the high ground on any moral argument involving they need sexual to relations hide anymore, they're pedophiles. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which they're good at. Which but. I, you know, as the <laughs> asshole like homosexual <laughs> in me, I'm uh-huh. just like. Yes, religious place. Please tell me how to live <laughs> the, the pure life that you think is necessary. Yeah. But in their heads, even all of that is better than being gay. Yeah, which is the weirdest thing in the world to mm-hmm. me. It's like, is, I think it's, is it Daniel Tosh that has the joke? It's like, God's not, God's not mad that they're gay. He's, he's pissed off that they found a workaround. Right. <laughs> right. Or a reach around. Yeah, um, either uh, way. No, but I mean, it's fun, you know. And I, I also talk, I, perspective-wise, like, it's really fun to be a 33-year-old gay man in, mm-hmm. in 2019. But I wonder if, like, my ancestors in... 1920 felt yeah. like what an amazing time to be alive. Look how progressive it is. Yeah. Even in 1920. So there's also like a perspective of, well, this is all I know. And God, I hope that it's better than it was at the, you know, yeah. in 1900, mm-hmm. but I still have my own issues societally and all of that today. And of course now we have a whole fresh batch of new people to hate. And that's, Oh yeah. People yep. coming into the country or trans people or whatever, you know, yeah. there's, there's a whole fresh batch. Like now just being gay is old news. Of oh, yeah. course you are. Move on. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what a weird world. It's I taken. Know. Yeah. So we uh, live, we live a magical 2019. That's just what I'll say. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Well, Man. What a fun chat, my friend. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The, I'm not scared to talk about anything. Obviously. No, I love it. Yeah. The uh, the people coming into the country is another weird one. It's like, okay, well, you know, who are we talking about? Like, because it's always illegal immigration. Like, yeah, all these illegal immigrants are doing. It's like, mm-hmm. well, statistically, one, they're not coming in anymore. Statistically, two, it's not people coming from the border. Right. It's people that just overstay their their visa. Right. That's it. That's that's most. And and we don't look at. It's like, okay. Well, we have to make it a racist thing. Oh God. We have to. Yeah. We can't and, help it. I, I don't understand it. It's like, <laughs> why? It's so much more fun to just be friends with people. Have you, I, have you tried it? It, it was just <laughs> more fun. It's just more lazy. It's just yeah. easier. I don't want to, like, sit around and dissect why I don't like you. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I probably have pretty good, you know, inclination or, you know, whatever, to decide if I like you no matter if you were born a man or a woman or if you are from a different country. I mean, you know, you yeah. could have been born in Sweden. I don't fucking know. Yeah. You know, and does yeah. that mean I don't like you? Just because you're from Sweden? Today? Yeah, cool. exactly. I didn't know that you were from Sweden. So now it becomes a racist thing because we can see their skin color. Yeah. Yeah. Only yeah. because they come from countries or areas, it seems that they yeah. look different than us. Well, yeah. And we, <laughs> we're so good at that. Yeah. I mean, in one of the other podcasts I talk about, you know, it's just like that's why FDR can never be a good president in my mind. It's like, I'm sure a lot of people like him. I know a lot of, you know, the social programs that he put in are still around today. Mm-hmm. And we can argue their, you know, validity. We can argue their economic benefit. We can argue all kinds of things. And especially him being president of World War II, mm-hmm. being president through the Great Depression, he's always going to have that light behind him. But the moment that you put your own citizens that just happen to look different into internment camps, I can't like you anymore. I can't like, like you anymore. That's just one of the, that's, 
I don't have many cutoffs. It's At like, least I, we halfway, be, you know, there are people who believe that that happened too. You know, yeah. those people who don't believe the Holocaust happened. I'm just like, really, yeah. really, really. Yeah, and that is one of those deal breakers. Like, if you don't believe the Holocaust happened, I just don't like well, you. Well, I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I, I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how you don't. There's videos. Yeah, and we, yeah, well, and talk to like any. Any, and I know there aren't that many around anymore. Well, it's right, like, look at any World War II soldier and how pissed off they get when they hear about Holocaust deniers. Uh -huh. Like, are you shitting me? Or if me? you can find a Holocaust survivor and watch their skin being stamped or their yeah. own stories. And I'm like, that's a, that's a hell of a Kool-Aid to drink if all of that is fake. Like, yeah. you got a lot of people in a room together and tried to have everyone agree on one common lie. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's... It's, but it's fun to learn from even those people who don't believe it happened. I find mm -hmm. those conversations to be interesting on why they don't think it happened. Them yeah. almost watching them try and prove that it didn't is, yeah. Yeah. is fun. Well, I mean, and they, they have their comrades and flat earthers and everybody mm -hmm. else. And it's just like, dude, are you... Well, like, get out of your own bubble. Yeah. That, I mean, if that's not the, yeah. the moral of some sort of story of saying, hey, if, if you look around and everyone's agreeing with you, Go make a new friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's it's so interesting. Like I said in the beginning, like I love being from Missouri because of just the, the diversity of thought. But it's like when we go down to our lake house, it's definitely like the, you know, it's the red state yeah. for sure area. So you hear all of those opinions. And, you know, I'd like to engage people that have those opinions. Me like, too. Let's have a conversation because mm -hmm. And I bet you we, they like to have that conversation with you mm -hmm. in, in ways too. Yeah. Well, and, and it's. It's interesting because, you know, you always find commonality with people. You right. always find that one thing or that set of ideas that you both agree with. It's like, this is good. This is good. Okay. I think that's what we're actually all striving for. Yeah. But I don't know if any of us know how to do it without getting, you know, our panties in a twist. Yeah. That's the secret sometimes mm -hmm. is to figure out how to stand on your own morals or your own ideas without being offended that someone else has a different one than you. Yeah. That to me, that is just people who get super offended mm -hmm. are, I'm like, it's almost like you need convincing. You're yeah. still trying to convince me what you believe yeah. and you're pissed because I have somehow shook your exactly. foundation. Yeah. And I'm like, but, but that's not what's going on. There are things I don't blink twice about. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is what I believe about. This is, this is my truth. Yeah. And no one can crack that. Yep. Like, and I don't know if some of those things are right or wrong, but so again, to my devil's advocacy, I'm sure that people think that there are things that I believe that are wrong, mm -hmm. but I don't, I didn't ask if you thought it was right yeah. or wrong. I didn't go to you for permission. I didn't ask you, <laughs> what do you think? You know, I, I'm yeah. living my life. And if you have an opinion about it, I would love to discuss it, mm -hmm. but yeah. You need to know that you are offering an opinion of something I didn't ask. Yeah. I.e. 2019's goal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And maybe it's because I got tired of ask people asking me, people asking me to agree with their opinion. Yeah. I mean, in it some way. It took me a second. Yeah, I know. Kind of, but yeah, I mean, yeah. They're just like, well, and, I, and I've done it to you and we've sort of done it with each other too. Yeah. Well, if you're pro life or whatever why like why do i get to ask you that question mm -hmm. i don't know it why i get to and so, yeah. but yet innately we do yeah you know well and especially when you're in a conversation like this where you're just you know we're having a conversation but at the same time like even though for some weird fucking reason we know a lot of the same people we do but we still don't know each other that well mm -mm. so when you have two people that you know just inherently know they appreciate each other you want to get to know that individual. And that's, I mean, you have, I'm sure you probably have great friends that you've known forever. 
that there are still things we're like, holy shit, you believe I that? just learned that about you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And yet I'm finding all of the things that we're similar about yeah. and I don't know you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's also kind of cool whenever the, I do think that, you know, finding the similarities with people is the key. Yeah. I, we haven't spent a lot of time talking about our differences and I don't right. know if there's necessarily room for that outside of the normal conversation that we're having, but we didn't start this podcast by saying, what do we disagree on? Right. We started it with the, uh, Hey, we are two human beings sitting here together, having a conversation. Let's figure out why we still want to talk to each other. Exactly. Two hours later, yeah. you know, exactly. Those sorts of things. And I think that those are the fascinating things is there's sometimes that I've interviewed people on my own podcast and I'm like, Okay. Yeah. Well, it has been a pleasure. Boy, this is only yeah. 25 Ooh. seconds into this. And then there's others where I get lost in time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a, a really interesting thing and I think I said this the first time and I know I'm probably just repeating myself from other podcasts as well, but you find out what time is it? Oh, we're over 2 hours in. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> I would say Lost. this is your five-minute call <laughs> on my side. I have five fucking minutes in the best way. <laughs> no, it's to me, it's one of those things like it's, it's good to get, you know, just coming back full circle, it's good to get together with people who have differing opinions. And if you're looking at it, not just in the, you know, in the, you know, micro view, but in the macro view, a conversation like this can happen with anybody on the street. Mm -hmm. The positive about this medium, I feel, is that it's so much easier to call somebody up or to email somebody and say, hey, do you want to have this conversation? That's us using social media correctly. Exactly. In some ways. Yeah. You know, and I don't even know how the hell you found me. I, you know, I mean, I yeah. know you've explained that, but it's also yep. fascinating yeah. that we didn't connect because of mutual friends. Mm -hmm. Although we have, yeah. I've literally been at the same cast party with you when I was 18 years yeah. old, you know, like, yeah. but yet none of those connections brought us together. Right. It was a Google search or something. Yeah. I was, I was looking up nonprofits interview. And yeah. Yeah. And now because of that, we have spent with the first one that never got to air and this close to five hours together yep. talking. Yeah. And I, I feel like if I didn't have to go and do something, all of a sudden your wife would show up and you would, and we'd be like, well, hey. come on, come on down and join. Yeah. Cause I love to talk to people. Yeah. Yeah. And Perfect. so I do thank you for like taking the time to learn about people. Not, you know, like yeah. myself, because I, I don't know if we would have crossed paths again, even though we already had. Yeah. So I think that's pretty fucking cool. I do too. And you're going to be on my podcast too. I like it. You're going to get my 20 questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got to listen to a couple of them to, no, get, it, don't to get it ready. Don't cheat. No? Don't cheat. It's <laughs> so right. much better if you don't cheat. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, hey man, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. And it was awesome. Absolutely. I appreciate it. We're definitely going to have to come, have you come on again. Oh my God. <laughs>